0: Don't don't smoke weed every day.
1: <laughs> hey. I'll, I'll let you do whatever you want.
0: Hey, Pace hey, yourself, Weed hey, right. hey. <laughs> is illegal in thirty-seven states.
1: <laughs> hey there, welcome to Motorcycles hey, hey, hey. and Misfits. Welcome, <laughs> coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza, and uh, yeah. We um, had a had an interesting day in the garage today, mm-hmm. I would say. Some of the people here in the room uh, were here for it, and we'll, we'll get into it. It was unusual, but I think um, it also parallels with who is in the room today, so uh, I will get to that now. Of course, running the board, it's Stumpy John. When you call my name such a little... Whatever song it is. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's <laughs> Stumpy John. Wow. You... <laughs> You went for it. I'll just give you that. I you went, for, went it. for it. Um filling Jim's seat, because uh, Jim and Scotty just got back from yet another adventure ride. I can't believe them. So they're not here, but filling Jim's seat. It's the lovely <laughs> Kelly. Oh
2: uh, yeah, down visiting from the great northwest.
1: You've been on our show before.
2: I have, yes.
1: Twice? Yes. 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 Yeah. Every time it's just it's nice when like you just, you know, people pop by and you're just like, hey. He gets a like award old, for the best yeah, mustache. Like, my, my no year, time has passed.
2: My, it's the kind of mustache you just oh, want to, uh, you, you just want to set on, don't you? Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been...
2: It's my, my yearly pilgrimage down to the garage.
1: Yeah, like once a year he shows up and it's just like, hey, hey, Kelly. It's just like nothing just new. fits right in. But, you know, I, I could say the same uh, for this next person who uh, used to frequent the garage, hasn't been here here in a while, but knows that anytime he shows up, he's just going to get a... Hey, Lucas. What's
3: up?
4: <laughs> Isn't there a traditional greeting you're supposed to do right now? Um, I don't know. Is there?
0: <laughs> uh, what? Wait, what? Yo, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, oh, there you go. There you,
1: know, like, you
0: go.
2: Like that yeah, if shake. you go back right. to the
1: early right. days, you'll remember Lucas. But it's always nice when misfits just show up. And they know they can always just show up and mm. it's just like no time has passed.
0: I don't I don't wanna be remembered. <laughs> oh
1: no, you it's, are oh, yeah. memorable, Lucas. I, it, yeah, One of the uh, old, you're like a legend
0: here. Uh, do I wanna be? You
1: know, what, no, I, he's what like, like, Do, my do my I identity? want it, is it the things I'm remembered by? Do I want those Every
4: time Knox shows up on the Jixer we think of you. <laughs> well,
1: because yeah. Because
3: it's my fight. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Well, no, the the funny thing is, so I was talking about it's a weird day today. Um, there was, a uh, different people showing, up, and all, a lot of new people showing up. Not a single person worked on a bike today. Not oh, a single I, oh, one. Oh, I did.
0: I, I put a zip tie through that, guy, a zip, okay, that yeah. guy's oh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like nobody ain't pulling out wrenches or anything. Yeah. But a lot of people showing up for the first time seeking some advice. Yeah. Um, and the first one was, and I always love this time of year, when Ride with Norman Reedus the new season starts, people discover the show, and they usually go back to season one, episode one. And you know, a family showed up, like, hey, we just saw you on Ride a Dorm and Reedus. And we thought, it. thought we'd come by and say hi. We, we we didn't know you were here. It's like, yeah, that was six years ago. Wow. <laughs> you know.
4: It wasn't really that long. That's how I found out about this place.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's 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 really cool. So this family showed up. It was a husband and wife and their seventeen year old son, Kai. And uh, the husband and the son ride. And um, they were looking to get into dirt biking and wanted to know about some classes we'd recommend and what kind of dirt bikes and, you know, just the usual advice. But the thing I found interesting and, and kind of Lucas walked in right as I was having a conversation about him and like I just then found out that the, the son was 17 because he has a hypermotard. Ducati oh, hypermotor <laughs>
3: yeah. And I
1: mean, how old are you? That's 17. A great dad right there. And I just went,
3: <laughs> man. I just
1: turned it to the dad, I'm like, who's the idiot here? Like, what the? And, uh, you know, we're I was just saying,
4: right in the deep end. I was just oh, saying,
1: yeah. like, so yeah, yeah, you need to take classes. And the mom is shaking her head, like, yep, keep giving it to him. Keep feeding it to him. Um, but, but he earned it in that he earned the money and bought the bike himself. It was not bought for him. So I'm like, you know, kudos to you you know that's why the dad's like hey he earned it
0: yeah well i I mean even if you're a dad i mean you know like i would say you want to encourage your kids right
1: yeah exactly and his dad rides um but not not uh, any i think he has a smaller bike but um one of the stories i like to tell young and dumb riders and these are people who think that they might be a great rider um and 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 lucas i'm not throwing you under the bus when i do no, this because
0: you can put me on the couch i'm literally on the couch because you, you me
1: couch. i mean you were a skilled writer <laughs> uh-huh. but you also took unnecessary risks just because you were kind of younger and dumber and that's what younger writers tend to do you have an undeveloped
0: no, frontal lobe
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yes yeah, i don't know i'm I, an old guy yeah, i made I, some
4: stupid mistakes recently too <laughs>
1: yeah
4: yeah that, <laughs> well yeah, you know the,
0: what? what is it they say um Growing old is mandatory. Growing up is optional.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I like to tell the story sometimes about butthole road rash. It's a thing. It can happen.
3: <laughs> and wow.
1: literally, Lucas walks in and goes, hey, sits down. As I'm having this conversation, I'm like, oh, funny, you just showed up. Because yeah. I'm like, I just yeah, oh, there's a guy I know. Skilled writer. So he thought. Who would just push it a little too far and discovered that butthole road rush is a real thing and it can happen. And, you know, just as a reminder, it's just a reminder to like maybe just turn it back 10%. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, I totally know what you mean.
1: And so that's why, I, I, I yeah, I don't <laughs> throw you under the bus, but I use a story like that just to, as a reminder to people. Like, eh, dial it back a notch. because well,
0: you know, um, I'm pretty sure they had some kind of proverb that says, uh, you know, what do they say? A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if I have to be a cautionary example for someone else to not have a nurse scrape their butt, you know, with a wire brush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you oh. know, I'll, I'll take that in stride. I'd say it was worth it. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just said, yeah, get into as many classes, track day, Z2, advanced riding, uh, any class, dirt riding, and the the parents seem really into doing that. I think they recognize, too, when the kid has enough resources to buy a bike, then you kind of need to push him in the right direction. Well,
0: they were grokking it, you know. I, I I, could tell I could tell that, you know. I mean, where, where do you even stand? Like, you got a kid, who wants to ride a motorcycle. I mean, my parents were, like, terrified, you know. But you want to encourage yeah. your kid, too, so they're just trying to figure out how to navigate that, I guess.
1: Well, um, and so Kai had some, I don't want to say unrealistic, goals. It wasn't that. But he, he he's really into just he's, yeah, I'll wrench. I don't care if I crash it. I'll wrench it. I'll fix it. He was excited to do everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, did you hear about like 24 hours of lemons? Yeah, I want to get a car and do that. Yeah, I said, yeah, what kind of car you get? I heard like you can go out into the desert and get like an old Civic for nothing and then just fix it up. <laughs> and I'm like, you know that you have to put like all the race equipment in it. Like it's it's the, quite an it's expensive thing. Safety Even know, you start with yeah. a cheap car. It still is an expensive thing to get into racy yeah. and he's oh no man I, I think i can do it it's like okay he is that kid is just excited wants <clears throat> yeah. to just he's yeah. gunning for everything he's got he wants to do it all he's, he's got, got passion. the passion yeah, yeah but not really aware of everything that comes with, it and that's why i'm like get him into as many classes and get him on the track
0: yeah but i think passion you can temper it with you know those kind of more realistic expectations but you know smart motivated people that doesn't let him stop you know they they uh take it in stride
1: yeah and he of course he's like yeah we're gonna jerk back i want to get it two stroke or, or i want to get it you know yzf like he's just he wants the coolest the biggest i'm like get him a ttr 125
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and they did they took um the the class at hollister hills that they do it oh that's for, great on ttr so yeah. so they're they're getting there so that was that was fun uh family and then we had, so, oh, we'll get into this one, because this was weird. Okay, so we had a gentleman show up on a uh, Royal Enfield Himalayan, and this thing was decked out. Did you see it, John? No, I wasn't here yet. It was, oh, yeah. had all it was, the things. It yeah, had yeah. the aluminum panniers, it had um, had pack like so. It had like the engine guards, and it had Rotopack mounts on the engine guards. It had riding lights. It had Jeez. heated grips. It did, it, had, did it
4: make it over thirty miles an hour? It had <laughs> you know?
1: everything you can put on it to make it a I can go anywhere on this bike.
0: It was like it was full ADV, And you asked the guy what kind of riding you're doing, and he's you know up and down Highway One yeah. and commuting. Yeah. Well, I could sense that, you know, there's the fire in him. He wanted to kind of put the bike through its paces. But, you know, yeah. I guess that's uh, kind of why he came here. He's like trying to figure it out. Yeah.
4: I yeah. Suppose so. Well, he
1: yeah. came because um, so the bike has just under 10,000 miles on it. And he said that, yeah, my um, maintenance alert came up that it's time to change the fork oil and the clutch plates. And he wanted to know how. I've never you heard
4: somebody changing clutch. And boots. he's like, "How do
1: you change?" And he just wanted to know <laughs> yeah, the process yeah. to change the fork oil. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I, I was re- reaching around underneath to see if it had a like a little bleeder screw or something. <laughs> Nothing." And he's like, "Yeah, I did some research. It says that you got to take the forks out and dip it. You know, take it apart and then dump yeah. them dip. out." And I'm like, "Oh, they don't even make it easy." Yeah. I'm like, okay, um, I. I don't. I don't understand. It's ten thousand miles. Your fork seals are good, and in fact, it has the um, the rubber boots over the top fork legs. Yeah, the yeah. dust covers. Right. Yeah, so keep them clean. You can't even see the yeah. the fork seals. Like, I I said I'm gonna call bullshit on this maintenance interval, and, and Lucas quickly followed. <laughs> yep, bullshit. Yeah. And we were like, how is it possible that? this bike would have a maintenance interval of fork oil before it even has fork seals.
0: Yeah. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. And we're all standing around the circle, you know, scratching our chins going like, why,
1: why? <laughs> and we were trying to think about this. Uh, and then it said clutch plates and we're all like shooting the shit, going around the circle, trying to figure this out. And I'm like, okay, the only scenario I can think is if they use like peanut oil or fish oil <laughs> oh, yeah. or something that you know degrades? Yeah, yeah.
0: And and I think both of these things, you know, you have bad forks or bad clutch. I mean, those those are things you're going to feel. You're you're going to know. <laughs> it's it's right. It's like
1: Kelly, it? you were here for that, right? Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like it didn't make any sense. And the bike is all pretty. Pretty pristine, but I'm also taking into account that it is a Royal Enfield. This is a I'm going to call lesser substance potentially bike, right?
2: Yeah, and, and it's the Himalayan, so maybe they're expecting more of an off road use abuse to it. Even uh, then, but even still, even then, like it just it, defies you know, like you know, engineering. Like I physics. still don't change. You know, I don't mess with my fork oil until I have blown a seal and, exactly, <laughs> exactly. and, 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 and <laughs> exactly and have a necessary reason yeah. to yeah. disassemble it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is and, where and then I'll do the full this the full is why again. we're struggling
1: with it. fork oil usually gets changed when the fork seals blow and you need to yeah. and the clutch plates usually get changed when you start to get slippage. Both of these yeah, things when you, when you you'll notice yeah. a sign that it is going out and there's no need to replace it until that happens. So we, we just really couldn't understand. So then I called Emma. I'm like, just back me yeah. up on this. <laughs> this is a saying that the you know maintenance interval. And she goes, I don't think so. She goes, no, that makes no sense. Those are things you replace when you need to.
0: She said, write it. And when it starts feeling bad, then you fix it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Simple. Yeah, if it ain't
4: broke, don't fix it.
0: Exactly.
1: So I actually went and brought up the maintenance uh, schedule and interv- intervals. For this and sure enough it says let's see for the fork oil front fork oil says inspect it at five thousand wait no oh 500, five hundred five thousand ten thousand and then it says is that fifteen thousand wait fork yeah. oil it says replace at fifteen thousand
0: wow it's in the manual
1: so yeah. he's he's not he's not there yet and clutch, well
2: kilometer, those kilometers also. Yeah. So oh, kilometers. Does, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. times kilometers. So that's, oh, that's, that's kilometers. So that like does get...
0: It's about like 12,000 12 12, miles. 10, 10 to 12. Yeah,
2: so he's and close. So, it
1: yeah. also says replace the clutch plates at 15,000 or 18 months. Yeah.
2: yeah, That I would definitely go with feel. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Not just book.
0: It, well, anything that says yeah. like... Or
2: if you're changing your oil and stuff <clears throat> gets chunky. Yeah. yeah. You know, In, <laughs> other, any, other telltale
0: signs. Anything I think that's like gated to like a time period... Really is, uh, you know.
1: Well, let me so well, let but, me let me share but with then you. We so, got
0: Ducati belts two, two years. <laughs> so well, that might make more sense because they might degrade in the
3: atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> let me <laughs> share with of you. Yeah. So
1: um, the other things it says. So at either ten thousand kilometers, which is going to be what, like 70, seven thousand? Yeah, or yeah, twelve months. It says to replace the fuel pipe. I'm guessing the the fuel, fuel pipe. I, yeah, Fuel hose.
0: Yeah. I think that they all kind of have these guidelines and, you know, it's like a... Which really is more another like one. Guidelines. It's like
1: you don't replace it until you touch it and it breaks, yeah, you know?
0: Well, even, you know, even my g s x r it said uh, they wanted you to replace them at like 16.5 and... You really honestly don't need to. So you ask the question, why?
1: Right. Well, the only
4: only thing is if he's under warranty still, that would be. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: And and I think there's a lot of liability and warranty stuff. And the people who are writing these are more concerned about, like, the worst case possible scenario rather than the realistic scenario.
1: Okay. So it also says to replace the, let's see, at 10,000 miles, replace the brake fluid front and rear. Mm -hmm. 10,000 kilometers. Okay.
4: That makes
3: sense.
1: Um, But here's some other weird ones. Re- no, we're talking replace, because it has yeah. inspect, check, it's or, or replace, right? Yeah. So at 10,000 kilometers, replace the rubber hose to the, the, the air filter to the carburetor, so the rubber intake. It's saying replace That's rubber it. things. It says the rubber hose inlet to the manifold. So basically... The rubber on both sides of the carburetor. What's the Is, interval for that? To Boil- replace. Boil ten thousand kilometers. Ten
0: thousand uh-huh. kilometers. Or wow. twelve months. You need to start replacing hoses there, after yeah, a yeah. year. Yeah, got Really bad. Yes, 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 Quality rubber. Oh yeah, in dude. India. That, Something that, yeah. like yeah, yeah. That's gonna dry rot. Hold on. <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> At ten thousand kilometers, it says replace the throttle cable and the clutch cable. Wow. What? Replace. Inspect. At 5,000, replace at 10,000 I think you're trying kilometers. to make a little money on a, yeah, I would, in, I would
2: expect and
0: lubricate. Is, is this and, like uh, a know. Christian Minecraft server? Can I swear in here? Because that's No, like, you can swear. That's some fucking bullshit. 10,000? Yeah. <laughs> you got to replace the cables then? Uh-huh.
1: What? It says replace the oil filter every... Yeah, so every 10,000 kilometers. So I'm...
2: That I do every oil change.
1: <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah. so, so the cables? <laughs> yeah, the cables. Makes is no st- sense. How about maintain and lubricate? Yeah, I yeah, lubricate.
2: yeah. I'd keep it into the in- inspect. I mean, I've gotten,
1: like, I'm pretty sure those cables on my 1975 Kawasaki <laughs> out there are still yeah. the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I should probably oil probably yeah. this <laughs> I think with <laughs> um, you know,
2: proper maintenance, you can save a lot of this replace, replace, replace.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, but here's the question. And again, just going back, why would they say to replace the fork
2: oil fluid? It does degrade over time. I mean, I think it But well, some, so sometimes if it degrades slow, you here's know, depending a, how Are much they thinking like worst case scenarios? Like, yeah,
4: definitely Indian definitely roads. Road. Definitely <laughs> you know, Indian Well, worst that's case
1: what scenario. I wanted. So here's another piece of information that might be a wild herring, a red herring or not. He said he was looking at videos of how to do it. And he said in the video, they were pouring out the old fluid and it was black. And then they put it in the new fluid, and it was like green or yellow hmm. or whatever. And I'm like black.
3: Yeah. So, For fork oil. Yeah,
1: fork oil. Yeah,
2: that's what he said. Well, I've had some dump out pretty nasty, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's, that's like not 10,000 miles. Yeah. That's like 15 years. Exactly. So <laughs> is
1: is there? I don't even know the like the components in there. But what would be wearing out faster? than rubber fork seals, right? Yeah. And, but it, yes. and what yes. would I be don't know. I don't causing? What, I don't know what their bushings to...
2: would be made out of. You know, ours are uh, new, more current ones. They're Teflon coated. You know, and they go thousands and thousands. And we are talking. We're talking the, the slider bushings between yeah. the stanchion.
1: And we're talking traditional the... steel fork yes. legs yeah, and yeah. aluminum fork yep. lowers. Traditional. Yep. So then I, I'm just I'm very curious, like. Is, is the metallurgy coming into this whole maintenance thing?
4: I'd say probably it's more the rubber allergy or whatever.
1: Well, yeah. obviously yeah. the rubber they oh, want yeah. you to replace in like I'd have to like look at the actual I think
2: exploded that, design of the
4: forks and see what they've... Yeah.
2: Because yeah. uh, yeah, I've got an old Honda that doesn't have a bushing on the bottom. It's just a little plastic circle. You know, almost looks like an O-ring, but it's hard plastic. There is mm-hmm. no...
1: But they're not Not saying to replace the cartridge or the spring or the whatever. Or even the seal. So what what in there might be degrading so much to pollute the fluid, but you don't have to replace it. Unless
4: they're assuming like, you know, we've ridden in Pakistan where it's, you know, tough conditions a lot of time. Maybe they're just assuming it's that. It's the worst case scenario. Uh,
0: One question I would have is like, if you could check to see the manual, if the manual actually differs between what language it is or what country it's sold that would actually be a major clue if, yeah. if it did It play. would be uh, the interpretation th- of
2: it.
1: I think I have the answer. Go I off. I think I know what it is, and I think it's something that is usually the answer when it comes to these kind of things. Well, I would but say but substandard of materials it, is probably engineers. No, it. <laughs> no, I think it is lawyers. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: lawyers in deep. Cover, I think it is the corporation.
1: lawyers that if you put these intervals, and if it fails... It's on them. It's yeah. on you yeah. for not following the intervals.
0: Well, that, that's weird because I've seen plenty of cases where it's like, you know, clutch makes sense to me. It, you could say, oh, well, the clutch failed and so-and-so, you know, got hurt and we have damages and we're suing. What It would be a really kind of a leap in logic to directly attribute any kind of injury, you know, financial or physical to someone's fork oil being bad <laughs> you know like that seems just like a major leap and i agree with you Liza. i don't know well, well it messed the handling mind, up
4: though if it was really hosed out it messed the handling up
0: i i agree yeah. but the thing is again going back to it it just doesn't make physical sense that the fork oil could degrade that badly so quickly that the forks would just stop working. And usually when you have issues with the forks causing it you know, like poor sp- handling, spongy. it's yeah. because the fork feels bad and all the oil's gone. Exactly, yeah. So, it, I mean, oil is like, it's kind of incompressible, like water. So if it's still in there, it's still going to work. So what's making it go bad to the point where it would be black? I mean, assuming that that's not a red herring by itself.
4: And I want to be clear, and-
1: this, they do have a... <laughs> Five hundred kilometer service for things that are break in, and th- none of what we're talking about is a break in service. No, th-
0: this is, and it it stated. We looked at the materials there. It says times one thousand, and then you get to fifteen, and then you see the R. It's a it's like a lot of a floor. lot what? of a lot of ours, a lot of replace, yeah. replace, <laughs> replace, replace, You know, I agree with Liza, and that I think that you know, it, a lot of it could be like fear of you know, a potential lawsuit. And that's why I think they kind of really err on the side of earlier rather than later for everything. And again, you know, you ride a bike and you're like, well, my clutch feels fine. Well, then it is fine. (laughs) Right. Um, But, you know, something about that is just really strange. And the fact that they would say, I mean, it's like, you know, in cars, if you're going to replace, like, a timing belt, you might also replace the the uh, water pump. You're already there. So if you're replacing the fork oil, why aren't you replacing the fork seals? I know. It, they don't say anything about the seals, which is super weird.
1: It didn't make any sense to me. No. So anyway, uh, uh, moving on. And then we had um, a brother and sister who are sharing yeah. a Ninja 250. And this was oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no brother and sister. <laughs> Their oh, brother fun. and sister.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: And they pushed it up to the garage. Because their and it hasn't gone yet, but their clutch cable I was frayed and half gone, and so they're like, we, we we need no, we need to order a new one. We don't know how to order it. We went on to like Kawasaki website and it just gave us a bunch of numbers and we didn't know what anything meant.
0: Really, is it that hard to like get a new one if you don't know anything?
1: Well, they, they yeah. Well, I will say. So then, I went. I'm like, no, no, no. Use a site like Cycle Gear or Revzilla. Mm. We went on there and we're searching, and there was no clutch cables on Cycle Gear or Revzilla. Oh, bullshit! There, I know. Trust me, it wasn't really. Yes, they didn't have it because then they they have a thing, Partzilla, which really yeah. gets into where the, you're. These are things that they don't stock, but I think they're ordering from yeah. Cali or Honda. You no, know,
0: Partzilla, I I used all the time when I was in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Then so you can pull up the schematic and right
2: but yeah, they, they just proper didn't proper understand number. like they
1: didn't even know that on cycle gear that you you type you search by bike so they were searching clutch cable <laughs> oh, and going yeah. through everything and they had managed to find a KLX 250 cable but they just didn't understand so i'm like no you can search by bike and then put it on the info in and that's how i was able to determine they didn't have one. But I said, or you can just go into like eBay or Amazon or, or just Google. Yeah. Or God
4: yeah. forbid, a Kawasaki
0: dealer. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I know. <laughs> exactly. I know. You could go yeah. to the dealer and be like, hey, do you have last year's part book? They might yeah, just yeah, give yeah. it to you for free because when I worked in the industry, they're like, "Oh, I need this part for this bike," and you have something thicker than like Encyclopedia Britannica and Harry Potter combined that has every part for yeah. every oh, yeah, bike, yeah. and then you just look it up. It's like nine one zero one six six one six two four one, and you just read that number, and they just send you the th- yeah. part.
1: <laughs> so, well, it was easier when we had Bike Bandit. But yeah. that doesn't exist anymore.
0: It doesn't? No.
3: It, oh it, it hell. was bad.
1: It was bad. It folded and took everyone's money.
0: Oh yeah, it, it, it was that bad. hurts me to hear because bike bandit it was so great.
1: They kept taking orders and a long time after delivering. they had shut down. And then
0: just ran with the money? Yeah. Oh
3: my god.
1: Anyway, um so <laughs> then it's like, okay, we we find one on eBay. It's like thirteen bucks. Right? right. Yeah. And uh, and he said, Okay, well, also, um, Can you look at my shift lever? Because I have trouble shifting it into gear. Which Kelly was pretty quick to to deduce what was probably going on here. Because the shift lever looked fine.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking just the the problem with the clutch cable was not allowing it to fully disengage the clutch. Because it was frayed. It was frayed. It was all all frayed at the perch, so Uh, it was only allowing them so much movement.
1: And when I was explaining, so when you get the new one... Make sure you tape the end of the new cable to the old cable so you pull it through the body so you don't have to take it apart. Mm-hmm. And then down here, you're going to adjust it in the, uh, to get it close in range. And up here, you're going to just find she's just, my head is hurting. <laughs> yeah, <they> have,
2: <laughs> I'm they, like, oh, no. They, they have zero knowledge of, zero of knowledge. motorcycles or mechanics or anything. Everybody's got to start somewhere. But that's, what the, but that's what the garage is here for.
1: I know. And then I'm like, you might want to add... Turn signals to your list since you have one.
0: Yeah, that, that was <laughs> yeah a, one,
1: not yeah. one pair. That was one. a giraffe
0: no, and a one, half right yeah. there, dude.
2: <laughs> and the rear wires have been cut at the loom, <sighs> so I was trying to show her in the book the color. I was showing her to read the manual that yeah. you pulled out that you know the right one here. This will tell you the colors of the wires that mm-hmm. do feed the right one. So if you get some, but they're gonna have to unwrap the loom, extend the wires, oh, and get or, stuff I mean, reconnected. We can
1: Extended and, and help. I mean, yeah, but, but that's help. how they.
0: But that's but but,
1: that's yeah. how, that's how you
2: learn. Someone I mean,
0: someone just goobered this bike already, and they're inheriting like, like a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the brother's been riding it around, but I think he doesn't know how to do any of the maintenance. Well, I like I like
0: to see him riding so, around.
1: Oh, well, here's the other
0: thing we <laughs> did. A, <laughs>
1: we did a little CSI
0: uh-huh.
1: on why the cable frayed in the first place. No, uh, did you see this? No, mm-hmm. John. No. Nope. Someone
0: like kink the you know guide. No, or? no
1: we figured it out. So there was a nice addition to this bike in it, that it had those risers. block risers that go underneath the handlebars uh, to raise it up.
0: And that pulled it
1: into Like it, an inch. Odd,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it because it the length of it, and it, it, and it
1: pulled it, it, up it up an,
2: an inch, oh, okay.
0: odd kink
2: at the, and right at where it meets it the It had perch. been
1: routed not through where all the cables went, but around the outside oh. of them, which just added another like just a scosh enough yeah. so that when it yeah. came up in, it had a slight stress on yeah. the on it and so yeah it was fun playing a little uh well, csi
0: on there it. are people who are like oh it's a metal cable and like a plastic or rubber housing there's no way that it'll ever damage this metal cable and that's just not true oh it, <laughs> yeah yeah because it has the,
2: the metal cap at the end of the cable that caps the spring and everything and you could yeah. you could see the wear marks where that odd angle that it was at oh. is is slowly wearing on the cable and yeah. the housing and mm-hmm well, and they, if you don't maintain and properly lubricate it, especially you know, yeah, then they, it's they, they like, do tend to wear bone dry over it's time. Just going I mean, when I was young, I I snapped two on my GPZ.
1: Well, and even though this bike has a little bit of crash damage, I mean, it looked pretty good. I'll tell you, it looked better than the piece of shit Ducati that showed up. Yeah, that's true. True. yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that would be
0: that would be money. I'd say that. <laughs> um, what year was that Ninja Two Fifty? Like uh, oh no, yeah, I would say that's in the top ninetieth percentile for. An 09, yeah. Ninja 650. Top Broken 90. turn
1: signals and cracked fairing. It, the, I mean, the
0: fairings were still had some level of structural integrity.
1: Yes. <laughs> so,
0: so I'll give them that.
1: There were no need to replace. But Kelly, you rode yeah. up on... Uh, a, uh, oh, yeah.
2: it's a, It's been beat and uh, thrown down the road several times. Looks like it. Though. But
1: interestingly enough, and going back to you showing up, Lucas, while I was talking to that family, I was also like... Your son wanted a Ducati. You let him get a Hypermotard. Why didn't you let him get one of these, like a yeah, Monster Six Twenty, Yeah. which is like the baby, baby monster? Yeah. Was I bite. was thinking like if somebody really needs a Ducati fix, that is the least amount of trouble you can get into. Are they dry? And then you yeah. showed up on that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and those, I'm I'm uh, having
0: fun on it. Mm-hmm? I'm liking it. Are those uh, the Ducati, uh, the Six Twenty? Are those dry clutches?
2: <laughs> no. No. It's a wet clutch. Oh, really? It's a wet clutch. This one's fuel injected, which I was looking for because I didn't want to have to rebuild. I didn't want to to rebuild carbs. Yeah. Because I bought it with the intention. I'm just visiting from out of town. So I bought it with the intention to leave it down here with family. And then if I come down once or twice a year, I've got a bike here available to ride.
1: No, it's a good little bike. In, the, for in that. the
2: past, I've rented Liza's bike. I rented her your KLR <laughs> several it. several years ago. Yeah, and you sold it. You don't have anything for rent anymore. <laughs> I, so. I had to go, I know, I had to go I, buy a bike this year.
1: I sh- I know. I've been thinking about putting the Triumph up for for rent because that's a good bike. Oh for yeah, that. yeah. But hey, you solved the problem. So you bought a little 620, a little six
2: twenty dark. And I call Ooh. it that's a that's a twin. It's yes. Yep, yep.
1: I only call it a piece of shit because it's at that stage where it has tears oh, I, in the seat. Oh, I look at, oh yeah, the seat. The you seats. know when you're tempted to put black duct tape on? Yeah.
2: but you don't want to stick it to your new pants. But then you learn <laughs> that it ends up
1: getting stuck to your That's pants, it, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. ruin your pants. Oh, yeah, exactly. it's got
2: the, the left pegs do not match the right side pegs. The right thing. side, <laughs> side <laughs> pegs are rubber coated. The left side pegs are just the aluminum with the cross hatch in them and um the monster oh, yeah. six
1: hundred and twenty is the ninja two hundred and fifty of the du- world of Ducati. oh it
2: is oh yeah it's, it's very <laughs> yeah. It, it it doesn't get much respect in the Ducati world
1: no um I found when uh, so I had a, a friend who had one it seemed really underpowered for a six hundred how do how do you like it
2: I'm I've, I'm liking it I'm enjoying it but then I'm coming from a six hundred and fifty V Strom so I'm not yeah. yeah and I'm not you know like originally when I came down. I've been listening to you guys, and I keep hearing Jim talk about maybe selling the FZ1. Oh yeah, but realistically, I don't need a one thousand. When all I want to do is just run around down right. here for a week or two when I'm when I'm visiting.
1: You should have got a KLR.
2: So, oh yeah, I, well there there was one. Everybody I, I, needs a KLR. Oh yeah, there was one because I've been I've been I got here, and then I was cruising Craigslist for a couple of days looking and let's see, duh, and then but I I ended up with the Ducati, and it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's like a little Street Fighter style, you know, not.
1: As long as you maintain it, it will not get any less valuable. Oh, yeah. No, no.
2: that's also, too. (laughs) I I got it. And and that's also, too. I was looking for, you know, price, affordable, just for the purpose that I want it for. How many miles on it? It's 23,000.
0: Wow, that's pretty low. What year is it?
2: It's uh, an 5. Yeah, I that's pretty good. 04, I mean, it might 05. have sat for, you know. Yeah. 10 years. Well, it's like next time I come down, I'm going to pre-order the belts, the belts. So I'll probably do an oil and filter this week before I leave. But I'll probably next time I next year I'll probably I'll I'll get belts and do those. So you play. might you might and want I've to... never had a Ducati, so it's just yeah. Yeah. it's like, you get, it's, get it 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 like a new system. toy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now that I've got now now I'm off Craigslist and quit looking at bikes. Now I'm <laughs> on um, you know, now you're on yeah, I'm on eBay Alley's looking up press. looking up stuff, yeah.
1: You may want to look Just on eBay great. for a like a Corbin seat cuz older bikes like yeah. that if there's a people will pull the Corbin mm-hmm. seat off of a bike cuz it has more value than the bike. Yeah. Oh I've yeah, yeah those yeah. seats are great. And you might be or able to get one for like 100 bucks. On,
2: my, on my V-Strom, I forgot the brand, but it's a seat cover, but it's a real thick like mesh net. That allows airflow. Yeah, the
0: the guy who and, showed up with the Himalayan and, had oh, yeah. that and yeah. it's, it was and really I'm, crazy. And I looking. forgot
2: what brand it was I bought, but I'm I'm happy with it. It works good. It works good for if it's hot out, mm. it allows some airflow. <laughs> and if it's raining out, you don't sit in a puddle. It actually <laughs> um, still keeps you enough up where you don't sit like in that a puddle but net that they so put around like grapefruit the, and stuff. I could do the the black duct tape and then that cover over the top. Oh, there you go. With so that, I'll, I'll tell
1: you a trick I I told. So one one of my friends' sons got one. You you know, it's like teenager, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you need to come up with a cheap temporary fix. I say just take a T-shirt you don't care about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. <laughs> just put it over it and tuck it in underneath.
0: Reupholstering's not that hard though.
2: I mean, um, on my old yeah. CBR, I literally took the the rubber shower pad. <laughs> the bumpy yeah. kind of with holes in yeah, the yeah, shower yeah. pad I know what you're talking about flipped it over the seat and stapled it to oh, it. oh there you go that's actually just pretty cool a, you're, you're, it's gonna keep and kinda, I, was, the I, was, I was kind yeah, of oh, I was kind of yeah it actually did work good. Gonna, it a good, a good it had some good it had some good grip to yeah. it I, I rode that for that's a couple years legit. on the CBR that
1: just reminds me John you never saw when Jim and I had our DR350s
4: I remember it. I remember the DR.
1: <laughs> and I was looking at getting the, the tank uh, rubber right. for, uh, yeah. for grip. It's really expensive. And I went and got bathtub daisies. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. oh that's cool. uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That worked. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I would have said like bed liner, but that might have been even better. <laughs> no, bathtub yeah, daisies yeah. were yeah. just
1: fine. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you got a little fun bike, and that's something, yeah, just fun to play with, and yep. oh, yeah. who, who cares? It's great for the hills around here. Around
2: around. Around. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect for Yeah, you it's here.
0: perfect. Ducati Monster.
1: Well, I wanted to give an update on my new bike situation. Oh, boy. So, some of you may have seen, the Africa Twin is gone. The uh, owner came and picked it up. He was very happy uh, to come and get it, and I am happy that it is going to go off to new adventures. So uh, you know, I decided. I'm, I I said on a Nikon, and I found one.
5: Yep, <laughs> in
1: in Arizona, and so I was like, okay, how am I going to make this work? Well, fortunately, my friend Scotty uh, said that they would be willing to go pick up a bike from somewhere and ride it back for me.
0: You got good friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's <laughs> one. There's one
1: in Florida. One in Pennsylvania. Um, there, there's only like a Washington. Handful. I think you said one that. in Washington yeah. State. But here's what I don't know, and I'm probably wrong on this, but um, the the like the one in Washington State is pretty low mile, miles, same with the one in Florida, like 2,000 miles, something like that. I know that you can't bring a bike into California unless it's a California bike or it has 7,500 miles on it. Since when? That's always existed. Yeah. But I assume mm. that these newer bikes are all 50 state bikes, but they used to make... 49th state, state and, and California. California,
0: right?
4: Yeah, right. My and was so from, if, it's uh, Nevada.
1: if it's a if it's a 49th state, it has to have seventy five hundred miles for you to bring it in,
4: or be like ten years or something.
1: Something, I, think I, I don't a, know. There's an
4: age piece on that. So
1: I'm ass- I'm assuming, but I couldn't get any confirmation anywhere. I tried googling to see if it's a fifty state bike. So if I got a two thousand mile bike from <clears throat> Washington, I'm like. Screwed! I can't get it registered. Right. right. You can.
0: You just um, run the odometer. <laughs> go to Texas and back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just run the odometer of the drill. Oh, 77. There you go. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> the one in Arizona has like 5,700 miles. Like we're getting closer. Yeah. 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 Closer. And so I reached out to him and um, said, hey, you know, will you take will you take less because I'm going to have to get it transported back. And they're like, nope. Price is rigid. I'm like okay, and and they said, um, and as per Arizona law, I will be removing the plate when you purchase it.
3: Yeah, I'm it, like, oh, and again, okay. he says yeah. that'll
1: be fun with the CHP. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of a deal breaker for me mm. because I'm not going to have somebody ride a bike across you know a few states with no plate. Yeah. Well, They're in California, the,
0: the plate um, stays with the vehicle. In Arizona, the plate is like kind of your personal property.
1: Right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this this might not work, but then he gets back to me and says, so I checked with the DMV and they said that I can uh, give the plate to you. I just have to like specify on the title or something like that. So like we just need to do another like piece of paperwork or something. I'm like, okay, great, deal's on. Okay. All right. Um, What other you know parts do you have? And he's like, well, I have. He's got a spare seat. He's got a spare windshield. He did a fender eliminator. He's got so because and he lowered it, so it's got the stock kickstand. There's all these parts. He's got the stock springs, so that I can you know unfuck it once I get it back. You <laughs> he know, lowered
0: it. He lowered
1: it. <laughs> he lowered it. <laughs> Um, How do you lower
0: a bike that's got four forks? Well, in two wheels. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're yeah. right. That is yeah. four. Take, uh, it's probably got four Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That, oh, I mean, wow. it's got to be stable. Why would you lower it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's yeah, like. Just so I, I,
1: I, I, I <laughs> didn't ask him directly, but I noticed in the background of the photos, he has a lot. Of, he has a few bikes with sidecars. Oh. So it's possible that he had an accident, or is at a point in his life, or something's going on physically where he needs to have a bike that supports itself. So, because he had more than, like, I saw a BMW with a sidecar, and I saw, I think, a Ural with a sidecar.
4: You could sell him a sidecar for a Grom (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, in fairness, having an Ural without the sidecar really is missing out on the fun of having an Ural. That's <laughs> true. Well, <laughs> well and yeah, then yeah. any
1: as we're we're going back and forth an email. and He goes, "Are you Liza of the Rev Sisters?" Um, Lucas Rev Sisters was a side project I had doing motorcycle film festivals.
0: Uh, like for everyone listening, I'm very out of the loop. Yeah, yeah. It's very apparent. Um, uh, that... but it says
1: that on my Facebook page. Okay. And he's like, "Yeah, apparently we have a lot of common friends." Mm. Oh, cool. Like Ray Ray. Uh, yeah. Where are you, Ray? Ray, come back! <laughs> come back! Ray we Ray miss Ray. you. And uh, so I'm like, okay, this is looking better. I'm like, uh, so I'm I. I potentially going to have a friend come out and pick it up. They'll bring cash for you, and then they'll bring it back. And I'll send a duffel bag to put all the parts in and just strap it to the back. And can, I'm you know, like, can you send pictures of the luggage and the things that weren't in your photos just so I can see everything? And he's like, oh, I found some more parts. You know, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no the, part wow. is getting, the list is getting bigger. And I so I'm thinking, and and, and uh, Scotty's like, yeah, I can. I can go out there. I looked at, We were looking at flights. It's like 200 bucks.
0: Yeah, the yeah, airfare I said, is so cheap now. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah.
1: I'll pay for your airfare there. And so then the guy says, Okay, well, hold on. I want to throw another option in. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Because so I've been looking for a Goldwing to put a sidecar on, and I found one near you for $10,000. Oh boy. I'm like, hmm, let me check yeah. with Scotty.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Did you talk to her today?
1: Uh, I talked to her before, and uh, yeah, she's like, sure, why not?
3: <laughs> so now it's looking like
1: I may drive Scotty up to Concord and buy a Goldwing yeah. that Scotty will ride to Arizona and trade for a Nikon, <laughs> and then bring back to me.
0: Do I know Scotty?
1: Scotty was here Scotty today was the with Jim. With Jim, Yeah. 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 And I'm like, this is getting interesting.
4: <laughs> That's
3: fun.
1: Yeah, isn't that yeah. kind of... That is kind of... It sounds
2: like... I always thought of, like, you know, fly somewhere, buy a bike, and ride it home. Just as a something to do. Or with a couple friends, you know...
1: Oh, yeah, I've done that before. Or even, like,
2: the when you guys go, go to mid-Ohio, mm-hmm. like, fly back there, buy a bike from Phil, do mid-Ohio, and then ride it home afterwards. Yeah.
1: So... This is looking like this is going to happen. And how funny that they 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 have a $10,000 bike out here.
2: Yeah. The numbers work out,
1: you know, yeah. perfect. And um, I'm like, okay, this will happen. So now, all hmm. right. Now I've been thinking about this NIKON.
4: So when is this going to happen, you know?
1: It might be happening in the next couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Very soon. Okay, so hear me out. So my Africa twin... Was a pretty pretty cool bike. I I did like it, but one of the things I don't like about off road riding is that front wheel moving around. Oh, yeah. I hate I hate that feeling. I'm okay with the rear wheel moving around, but when that front wheel is moving around, which is why I hate sand and mud so much. Right? I just really hate that feeling. I was like, so, "Well, wait a minute." What if I put knobbies on the oh, Nikon? Such a bad idea. <laughs> so this is awesome. my good... Oh. Is, I want you guys to tell me, is this a good bad idea or a bad good it's idea? It's a
3: good
0: bad idea. It's a bad bad idea. It's a bad bad idea. No,
1: hear me out. Finding, you were going to
0: scrape finding, everybody with those two front wheels. Well, That's well I'm thinking finding happen. something to fit.
1: All right. Well, <laughs> hear me out. Oh, so, the, the
0: fitment's going
2: to be a, a nightmare. The Nikon is gonna a, stick a in your tracer
1: side. with two front ends, and the tracer is an FJ09. Yeah, yeah. In more of a sport styling, right? Right. Or sport touring or no adventure, tour. I yeah. don't know. Anyway. An F,
2: like the Niken's an FJ09, with, they're all the same, they're all the end. same
1: bike. So the Nikon yeah. is an FJ09 mm. with,
2: with two with, tracer front with ends. That front end.
1: Okay, so we're already close. I thought, would this be a good thing? I mean, not necessarily the Nikon, but what if they made an Africa Twin with two front ends, like the Niken? just an adventure bike with two front ends? Doesn't that then make it more stable and have more f- stiction for, like, mud uh, well, and, and stuff? because
2: no, no, you're not going to... You're not going to float. If you start getting... Why off, aren't you
1: going to float? You have if, less weight on yeah, the front. Yeah, but
2: if you've ever been on a quad and you're getting into something off camber... Yeah. Then it's naturally going to try to throw you down the mountain.
4: Yeah. Or or
2: it'll stick in the high side. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, like riding off-road, it's...
1: Lucas, what, what's your your instinct on this?
0: Uh, well, I can't speak for how two front wheels would work off-road, but, you know, I mean, if you're on pavement, or even if you're off-road considerably, uh, you know, you might have now double the contact patch.
1: And this is what I'm thinking. Now...
0: So if you're these, off-road, it might destabilize It probably depends it. on the off-road. Well, I'm but absolutely. here's the thing.
1: Yeah. Unlike, um, like, scooters that have two front wheels, this has independent suspension, so it's not like if one wheel I think hits a rock, it's not going to throw you that side.
3: Well, you or said, even
1: if you're on a hillside, you can lean. It's not going to. You got to
2: work into it, like, yeah. right? But it has their independent suspension. Well, you, you said wait it where you want it to go. You said it, it still would take a, a new technique of riding for that particular yes, bike. Yes,
1: but what, what, well, you it? said
0: so. Like it's technically, you know, like a trike, if you think about it, right? But you yeah. said it won't It won't stand itself up.
1: It does not stand itself up. So, oh, it doesn't? Up. No. Yeah, so no.
0: to me, oh. that, just, that just means they're basically trying to get the exact same feeling of riding a, you know, single-wheel motorcycle just with an exactly, extra wheel. Yeah.
1: So even if, like, one slips the other one will stick
0: yeah. so it's it, you have twice the contact patch exactly. you, have, you have more weight but i mean at the same time it's like you know maybe you can just goose it harder you don't have to yeah, worry but I'm about just, that front.
1: in the
4: dirt you're not necessarily looking for a contact patch all the time well
0: I, I can't say it, it's anybody's guess how it feels on the dirt at this point yeah all right, look. i think on the pavement on the street i, I agree it makes
1: sense yeah. the when i was looking up the reason that they built the nikon and the reason was to have Twice the contact patch on the front end to give you more security and confidence in cornering. Yeah,
0: I said that was it. If you get yeah. that thing, I need to see you trail break past somebody going away first on the corner entry. And you're just going to like wave. Be like, ha I see you single wheel losers.
1: So <laughs> if that's the reason it was, it was designed and built, then why wouldn't that also apply to DIRT? Off-roading.
0: I mean, the same reason why, you know, drifting on pavement is slow and drifting on dirt is not as slow, maybe. You know I mean? Dirt's different. It just hits different, as the kids would say.
1: You know? As <laughs> <the> kids say. <laughs> so... You
4: know, there is a uh, a post. There's posts on tracer900.net about Nike and off-roading.
1: What? Yeah. What's it say? Well, just, oh, you I, haven't looked at it yet. I mean, oh, okay. Maybe you're in good All company, right. Liza. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I just want to get a vote. So, where do we stand? I think it's a good, bad idea, Lucas. I think
0: it's a good, bad idea. I John? Think it's cool, bad, so. bad. Kelly? I'm going
2: bad idea, but I'll watch you try it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's that's what that, a bad, bad good bad, idea it's
1: is. a good, bad <laughs> idea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's see. When I get it, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking in theory. But maybe I can get a, ooh. Maybe I can find a blown up Nikon and get a front end. And put it onto something.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Now that is possibly a bad, bad idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm pretty confident that Phil from Cleveland Moto has been yelling at his uh, speaker <laughs> this whole time. You're an idiot. It's a bad, bad idea. Yeah. But then I, I bet you, Sleepy Cinch is going. Well, hold on a minute. I'll yeah. try it.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, he's
4: high right now, so you can't take his
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, it was, well, we'll see. Yeah. Good. It's good up there with the sidecar
4: on your TNT. Yeah, we know how that worked out. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I wanted to share with you guys something kind of cool that I did yesterday. So <laughs> I was telling you guys, in a, in a weird twist of things, I was a moderator on a panel at a Pakistani tech conference yesterday in Silicon Valley. Which doesn't make any sense and I wasn't aware that it was a tech conference when I signed up for it. Um, but I was uh moderating a panel on tourism in Pakistan and it just so happened to be that the ambassador That's awesome. Uh the Pakistani ambassador was was present for my <laughs> panel and came up and spoke afterwards. So that that was pretty cool. Um You're always
4: a big deal, Liza. <laughs> I I was kind of a big deal.
1: Um, yes, I got somebody gave me a card. I was looking at him like it's like the like department secretary. of. I don't know. I,
0: like Pakistani secretary <laughs> of energy or
1: something. Some, I got a card from somebody.
0: Deputy I, undersecretary of the <laughs> energy no, department. I don't
1: know. Pakistan. It's pretty weird. But um, w- what was happening there is this was a Pakistani entrepreneurial network and there's people networking and there's a lot of people in tech and different things. And they also had like a um, Shark Tank kind of thing where there were startups that were pitching to Pakistani investors. And there were two different electric motorcycle companies there. So I went to go talk to them and learn about their products. First one was called Zip Technologies, Z-Y-P. And the other one is called Green Electrical Bikes. Nothing fancy, but... um, So here's what was pretty interesting. So the first one, the Zip technology. The first thing you gotta know is a, like a average bike in Pakistan, like I've bought a couple of the CD70s. They cost $500 American brand new. So to bring in an electric motorcycle that people would buy, like the most expensive bike there is like maybe three grand, I think.
4: Yeah, I think Moyn said he paid yeah, for the CB throughs, 150Fs.
1: Yeah. So you got to come up with an electric motorcycle. Oh, interesting! They're doing a cheap. battery
4: swap technology. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense.
1: So I want to talk to them. So the Zip Technologies. I want to try and find a, a picture <clears throat> if I can. It's hard to tell what the the bike it looks like, but um. Hmm. So what they have, it's just it looks like a, almost like a. You know what this is?
0: It looks like a CB.
1: No, 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 no. You know what this looks exactly like, John? Not the Grom, the smaller one. The, oh, the, the, Navi? the, Navi. the Navi? The Navi. It, it looks like, look like a Navi, like, a, a larger Navi.
0: Wait, I've been at the game. They have a bike smaller than a Grom?
1: Yeah, a 110cc. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Navi. The retail is for like $1,600. Huh. But once it's out the door, it's three dollars
3: <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a thing. So um, the way they're doing it is they have swappable batteries That they have a battery like uh, exchange that you can swap them out, and you do not own the batteries when you buy the bike. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but there is a lease program where you're leasing into the The you're leasing the batteries, swappable batteries. Yeah, you're paying. Yes, and that 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 one. That one is designed after the Cub. Yeah, it's I was just cool. going I'm, li- I'm liking it. It yes. looks
0: exactly like the OG Honda Cub. It does.
1: And that one is a step through so that women can ride it. <laughs> yes. Or as Bagel might say, it's a scooter.
2: Yeah. Well, that yeah. one will take the family and all the
4: baskets and
1: everything well, to market.
4: I actually really like the scooter. I think yeah. it looks cool. It's got that little old
0: school look to it, but it's still. It's like an electric Honda Cub. What's yeah, not, it's great. What's not
4: to. Like?
1: Yeah. So, but here's the thing. So they're just in like beta testing. They have a f- few people riding these bikes, and they have one transfer station in, in Lahore. Lahore. Yeah, that's it. One. So right now they're seeking funding because the the infrastructure of having to put these stations all over. And what they were saying is. They want, like, I'm going to use an example like 7-Elevens. I know they don't have 7-Elevens in Pakistan. In fact, I went to a Walmart that was 10 feet wide. (laughs) It was the size of a garage. In Pakistan? (laughs) Yes. They have Walmart in Pakistan? No, they just used the name.
0: Yeah, look out. (laughs) They just used the name
1: on the sign. But um, uh, I'll use an example like 7-Elevens that they're saying, like, people will lease these stations and, and put them up and then I guess they get so
2: you'd be like, you'd have your franchise of I, hot wait, swap no, batteries. Or I
1: guess they would lease space. I guess it's like Redbox or it's whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, at the 7-Elevens. They would lease space and have these transfer stations. Like the
0: people who have those electric bicycles. They've got, got a really
4: competent Sidewalks. leadership team, too. Just think could make it.
1: Yeah. So that one was, was pretty cool. And they're looking for funding to make it. But the thing, and this is not for the American market. This is for the Pakistani market. These are for people that will ride with... Four people on a bike, even though they can't promote it as such. But you'll notice on this um, Navi-looking bike that the tank isn't too high because you can put more people on the tank.
0: It's higher than I thought. You told me it was kind of straight across.
1: Yeah, yeah. This one is.
0: That almost looks so, like a CB1000, you know, with the same architecture.
1: So that was interesting. And then, uh, but the batteries are only like... Uh,
0: or or 2K for the
4: bigger ones.
1: So remember that little mini bike I had was a 1,000. the the little one has a
4: 70 kilometer range and the bigger one has a a 120 kilometer range.
1: So put it in perspective, the smallest zero motorcycle you can buy is a 7.2 kilowatt. Right, a standard street oh, bike wow. is a fourteen point four, and then like uh, Energica big touring bike, I think is up to eighteen or twenty one. So this is more
0: bicycle
4: size
1: kilowatt. So this is yeah. yeah it's this just is this like kilowatts? E-Bot. Like e- this is like an e bike.
0: Kilowatt
1: hours, or I don't even know how that works. Yeah, well, it's just Yeah, I, I can't explain how yeah. that, but Kilowatt just to give hours, you an idea. Like, yeah, holy. hours. So, th- this is basically the same power as what we have e bikes all running all over, yeah. like a Super 73. The bicycles, yeah. I see those but teenagers. Yeah, we they're making it motorcycles because yeah. motorcycles are very commonly used for transportation and rarely do go over 30 miles an hour. Yeah, well, the bigger one has, the t- has
4: two batteries.
2: Yeah, well, even they do the Kawasaki's just now start to advertise a full e-bike but it's only got a 40 mile range like it's pretty it's swappable it's got double you can pop two batteries out and pop two more in. it's like the hot new thing but it's yeah and then they're actually they've also advertised a hybrid one that's basically a ninja 400 motor and then a battery I saw the hybrid. now that's and cool. a, and a,
0: yeah and a, i hybrid yeah. motorcycles yeah. is really not something that's been explored
2: not lightly. yet that, that they're would, bringing it to market though cool. yeah yeah,
4: yeah. Well,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so the next company, or I guess uh, Green Electrical Bikes. Uh, John, I'm going to hand you this if you can find the picture. This was a horrendous looking motorcycle. It was not a good looking motorcycle. But I'll explain. And again, for the Pakistani market, they need to make it as affordable as possible.
4: Oh, that thing's ugly. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it is so ugly. So the guys. Oh, so what they did on there. So this one, it is a you get a permanent battery, and again, it, it's not point very big.
0: Okay, you know what? I like it. Shut up.
3: <laughs>
1: is it, <really? laughs> it is it's pretty ugly.
0: It's got a, the frame is interesting. It's got that box.
4: So
1: what they it did kind of cool. Was like they use as many components as they can that fit on the standard Honda CD70, which is just the most common five hundred dollar <clears throat> bike, right? So the entire yes. front end, I mean, ev- the handlebars, control- everything that they can, comes off of a standard, cheap seventy cc bike. So what you got is this thing that looks like like it's got
4: bigger batteries, like a
1: Frankenstein with this big thing in the middle that holds you know all the stuff. But yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was fun talking to them. They were also not prepared at all for somebody to come up and ask questions <laughs> that wasn't. How far does it go? How fast does it go? How much does it cost?
0: And where are all the components made?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sally <laughs> Lucas, I'm like, so these bikes are made uh, in Pakistan. Like, yes. Well, except for the battery is is sourced from uh, China. But I was looking at on this on the the first one. They said it's indigenously designed. <laughs> I'm like, that's wow, what, that's, that's I haven't I heard that it, one right. yet. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, and the, the motor? Oh, well, yeah, we get that from China. And the controller? Oh, yeah, we get that from China. <laughs> I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. It's indigenously designed, though.
1: Indigenously did, yeah. designed, yes. And
4: outsourced. Yeah. Their batteries are removable also.
0: Hey, very Nice.
1: Yeah, so um, that was a that was a fun, interesting thing to see. But, yeah, kind of weird-looking bikes. But, again, on this one, that does have the seat goes into the tank so that you can fit I don't, your whole I don't family on ugly. there.
0: I like it. The only thing I can see as a problem is that it looks like it has, like, a matte or a satin paint job, and that is going to just become filthy in, like, a week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: they should make it gloss or something like that because there's absolutely no way. Those paint jobs are impossible to keep clean no matter where you
3: are. Mm.
1: Well, it was it was interesting to see that it's branching out and happening in other yeah. places in the world, and that they're they're trying to um, you know get funding for it. So we'll, we'll see if we see yeah. some more of it. Um, We're but you yeah. have to
4: figure out how to keep the electricity on all day.
1: Um, let's see. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about is I have a gear problem.
4: Oh, you do have a gear problem. You have a <laughs> really not, big it's gear not problem. What you'd think though, it's a good problem.
1: <laughs> you know. Um, I know, Lucas. You're new to this, <coughs> but we've talked about this before. You know, we have the gear exchange room, free gear. I've been doing that a long time. Um,
0: Himalaya guy just walked home with a pair of free boots while well, he rode yeah. home with
3: a yeah. pair yeah. of free boots. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, and yeah, and I think the yeah the the family who came getting dirt biking. Yeah. They, that kid walked, took some uh, dirt biking boots, and I'm, like, mm. pushing gear on people.
0: Well, you know, the Himalaya guy, he didn't have something that went over the ankle. I was like, you probably do have something that goes over your ankle.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think all the new people got, got something out of there. But So I mentioned last week that um, we're getting some gear donated yeah. to us um uh, from the 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 widow of Evans Browsfield, mm-hmm. and I reached out and asked if anyone would be willing to pick it up in LA and bring it up. And our friend Alfredo from None Alfredo Nun-Nuts, to the rescue. Yeah, he said, "Hey, I'm going to be coming up soon uh, to visit Sam, so I can pick it up. I live down here." I'm like, "Great!" I hooked, hooked him up with uh, you know Evans' wife, and um, when he, he, he I checked in with him after he got it. And I had said, "Yeah, I was told that it will fill like the back seat of a car or something. So, if you have a truck, you should be good." And he's like, "Dude." <laughs> yeah. It filled the entire back of his truck and his entire back seat. And it's not just gear. There's like a pop-up tent, and there's there's luggage, and there's a Garmin inReach, yeah, and there's like
4: they yeah i saw the list A box That's of magazines
1: mm-hmm. and I, there's like she took she was so nice and did an inventory and sent me an inventory of pictures and listing there's like a picture of five garbage bags yeah <laughs> i don't know what they might be t-shirts she said there's t-shirts like basically she's like we just kind of want to get all this stuff moving on and he
4: was cycle world
5: right
1: um motorcycle dot com. Okay. He was the editor in chief. And yeah, it's tragic that he died. And we said, Hey, we'll find homes for his stuff. Not aware how much stuff it is.
0: It's a lot. Substantial. I mean, so, like, is that all his stuff? Like, he wore that? or Yeah, but he's he
1: a journalist. So he's been like, So they, oh, they just the sent year, him,
0: yeah. like, oh, yeah, we'll just send you yeah, a new yeah. Alpine Star suit every year. Well, I hope he was a chunky
4: man. That would help for, <laughs> be helpful
1: for me. Um, but no, but there's some, like some women's stuff in there. I think yeah. it was just the family's like done. Like, here's all of the family's stuff.
0: It's substantial. Like, they sent you a, like an itemized list of everything with like a photo.
1: That is six pages long. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. So um, on the one hand, I so appreciate that she's trusting us to, to rehome all of her stuff. And I promised that we would. And I, But when like Alfredo saw how much he's like, dude, like, and there's some really nice stuff in here. He's like, do you want me to like just eBay a bunch of stuff to get rid of it? I'm like, I appreciate that offer. But I've always made the promise I'm not going to sell people's stuff. I'm going to rehome it. I also would not be, I would not want her or any of his friends or coworkers to see that we immediately put stuff up yeah. on eBay.
0: It's, it's just kind of
1: Even if we were uncouth. like raising the money for a nonprofit or well, that's something.
0: that's I said. I was like, like, you could sell it for charity. But I agree with you. It is a little uncouth. Well, I think if we put a post yeah. on
4: Barf, I think we'd probably have a lot of guys coming over and girls.
0: Yeah, then they're they're gonna put it on eBay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's a yeah. so, kid, you know he's gonna use it. You know.
1: I wanted to run some ideas by you. I've been thinking about this. So I mean, um, I mean, first, I, I mean, I don't even have enough racks or shelves for everything there. So just to be able to display stuff here is going to be really hard. So one of my ideas was we have a um, an open house mm-hmm. swap meet, which we've done a swap meet before, but the way things are now with the parking lot situation that I don't have the parking lot, everyone's nice enough to let us use it. Um, that may be pushing our lot because we don't really have room for people to park vehicles mm, if we're going right. to have stuff out, Yeah, you know, doing a swap meet. We're, there's no room for vehicles. Um, and, you know, living this close to the beach and the taqueria, there's always people mm-hmm. taking up all the parking spaces. So that's not a great idea, but we could... You know, promote something. Maybe
0: I bet you know someone who could share a venue somewhere. So or would Mason George maybe do it?
1: Well, I did, we did that before where we put a rack up there and no,
4: but do a swap meet there.
1: Maybe I've talked to him before about doing um, a, a swap meet, but he was talking about like using a parking lot in Felton and inviting other people and doing yeah. like a real swap meet. Yeah. I think he may have done one recently or this year. Anyway. So here's my other idea that involves people who don't know who I am, that <laughs> I exist. <laughs> but, um, on treasure Island is moto guild, which right. is one of the last co-op garage spaces left piston chain closed. Moto guild, Silicon Valley, uh, went, cl- well, went I didn't close, it, but yeah. they're just for profit. They just do repairs. This is a regular okay. repair shop yeah. now. Um, but Moto Guild has a consignment gear section that people can drop off their gear, sell it under consignment. I assume, like most consignment shops, that Moto Guild gets half and then they get half. But I remember going through it before and going, "Well, there's not really great deals. Like it might have been like a um, Dainese jacket for three hundred bucks, which maybe it's a six hundred dollar jacket, but I'm still not gonna like I'm not popping three hundred bucks on a whim." Jacket, which then the owner may be only getting 150 and the shop's getting 150 for having a rack up in there. I'm like, ah, I don't want to just like, honestly, we're going to have about three times the amount of gear that they have at Moto right. Guild bringing, brought in. So, my idea was to see if Moto Guild would be willing to do an event, an open house, and we promote this gear meet, right? Mm-hmm. That the gear gets set up there, and I want things sold cheap. I'm thinking like 40 bucks for a jacket, you know, 20 bucks for boots, yeah, five bucks for you know, something like that.
0: You could be the Oprah of motorcycle gear, look under and, your seat, and you okay. get a leather suit, you get a leather suit, <laughs> a leather suit. <laughs>
1: but like price to just blow it all out,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: but and then choose a nonprofit to be the recipient of the funds. So on that hand, like we might just get rid of it all, but is it stupid that we might be selling a potentially, you know, $600 jacket for 40 bucks instead of 120, which we could do if we, you know, on eBay or like, I'm just trying to figure out like if we're actually going to raise money for a nonprofit, do we try and raise money? But then I it turns into me having a part time job boxing yeah, it, and yeah, shipping. Yeah.
4: Stuff. That's the only downside. Is that it's so far away from here?
1: I know. Or do we let I mean, Moto you, Guild double the price and you know so they make money for having all this stuff there? But we like maybe mark everything with a yellow tag to know I w- this is I wonder fundraising. If you could partner
4: with like SFMC or <clears throat> one of the, one of the those clubs up there, and see if they would maybe do a a swap for charity in collaboration
0: yeah something like that i i swear there is someone out there who can help facilitate this yeah in the right way
1: that's what i'm trying to or oakland mc yeah or oakland Scott the there. scots are yeah mm. um that's what i'm trying to figure out i have no problem if we're selling things giving money to a nonprofit, and then that will be you know like mm-hmm. we did before when so um or i guess it was earlier this year or maybe it was last year i i donated $1,000 from our Patreon fund and let the listeners choose right. what went where, like how much, like everyone right. voted on nonprofits and whatever percentage they got was that percentage of the $1,000 that went to that nonprofit.
0: You're on Patreon now?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean you're not a Patreon subscriber?
0: Uh, well, no, <laughs> I am not a patron, no, because I just now found out about this. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so I, I got no problem with coming up. We know a lot of great nonprofits around the country. Mm-hmm. And and supporting them, and yeah, maybe picking the recipient. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. It is a good good problem to have, but this is the kind of thing where, like, uh, I I have nowhere to put all this stuff. Like, it literally is just going to have to be stacked up in a pile in the tent or something. You know?
0: Yeah, it'd fill up like this entire room.
1: Uh, e- well yeah but then it makes it impossible for anyone to go through and to find yeah. anything no it's gonna yeah. be like
0: organized too because i mean just oh i want a jacket okay hold on a second and you spend 30 minutes digging through this entire pile you right. know? exactly yeah.
1: so at least i mean with the you know out out there we've got um a small selection of stuff but it's organized i got a tub of dirt biking gear i've got three racks that hold jackets i've got one shelf of pants we got a bunch of shelves that have boots and, and helmets, you know, but to, I don't know. This is going to drown me. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm putting it out there. I'm just asking for suggestions yeah. or help or I don't know. Or do we wait for an event? Uh, well, speaking of which. Yeah. Wah, wah. Kelly, I don't know if you heard. Maybe you haven't. I'm kind of bummed. We already decided that we're not going to AIM Expo this year, but we decided we're going to go to the One Show in Portland that we go to every year.
2: That's mm-hmm. one I would like to go to.
1: We can't go to the One Show this year. Heck,
2: oh, not the One Show either.
1: They changed the date, which is now the same weekend as our rally.
2: Uh, oh. Oh, yes. did
1: you know we have a rally now? Lucas? Nope, yeah. Misfits Rally mm. in April. Uh, it takes place at Hollister Hills. You can sign up at breakinawayadventures.com. And it's, it's dirt bike riding, it's adventure riding, and it's street riding. It's pretty fun. Um, but they changed their date. It's now the same weekend as our rally. So we can't go to that. Bummer. I'm bummed.
4: Yeah. It's such a fun event.
1: It is. But um, it opens back up. We need to find a new event to go to.
4: We do. I still like the idea of doing the Overland Expo.
1: I, I like Overland Expo. Yeah or a BMW rally, or I'm just going to throw this out there because it does require a flight. Maybe we need to make a trek to Barber, not during the Barber Festival, but just the Barber Museum.
4: I would love to go to the Barber Museum. That's on my bucket list. But it might be fun to go to the festival.
1: I mean, it's kind of like like a non-alcoholic.
4: Ama Vintage Days. Well, it's, yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid
1: to go to the festival because I would compare it to Vintage Days. Yeah. It'd be disappointing. But I was thinking about that. I mean, we go to the Quail, which is, you know, hoity hoity toity, highfalutin. Yeah. But that is a different event. I'm not expecting anything out of it. So I, um, I Oh keep looking. We're gonna fi- we're gonna find something. But maybe barber. I wouldn't mind going to barber. Yeah. Yeah, or even Wheels in Time. Wait, is that the one? That, that's that's in the North one. Carolina, right? Yeah. yeah, one of the big museums. And
4: well, we could fly into like Atlanta, rent a car, go to Wheels in Time, and then go to Barber because it's all generally in the same area.
1: And do Twister Ride Rentals and do the Dragon.
4: We could do that. Yeah, yeah. that hmm. could be fun. And i can go to Florida too. Hmm. That's a yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna play with that. Okay. Um. We. All right, I have a couple things topics. I'm going to cut that one out. I'm going to do this one because nobody likes this topic, so it'll be short. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I wanted to bring back a segment we've done before, um, where we get to uh, debate stupid things. So,
3: motorcycle
1: debate club. there you go, motorcycle debate club. <laughs> I wanted to have a debate about what is the best color for a motorcycle. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. Lucas, you were pretty quick to throw out an answer. Yeah. What is the best color for a motorcycle? Black. Why?
0: Because it blends in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I will argue that and say that that's exactly why you shouldn't have black because you want to have high visibility. So, a light colored or bright colored bike is better.
4: Black shows every For visibility.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't, you know, if it's dirty, it's black. <laughs> you don't see it.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, we
2: blacks. Yeah, blacks the worst. To keep clean.
0: I'll, I'll tell you why I said black. Um, how is someone going to ever describe you other than a person wearing a black suit with a black helmet on a black motorcycle? Oh yeah, I saw somebody, he was pulling wheelies and doing donuts, and he was uh, wearing a black helmet and a black suit on a black motorcycle. Good luck.
1: <laughs> you know what? I don't have a black jacket. I don't have black pants either. I, do, I purposely don't have black. High visibility. Um,
2: and I gave up running from the police years ago. <laughs> now I just pull over and eat the ticket.
1: Okay, um, I'm, I'm looking around the room, and... Um, there's black bikes, silver bikes, white bikes, green bikes, yellow. And I'm gonna say, ooh, okay. I and I, I'm gonna even though I do not have currently own a bike in this color, I'm gonna say the best color bike for a motorcycle is silver.
0: That's not a very common color for motorcycles, my, isn't it? My Bergman is silver.
1: And I'm looking around at silver and I'm like, silver is timeless. It is classy. It is still visible. It's not flashy or tacky. It's just simple. Now, I will say that uh, another argument for the best color of a motorcycle, we have to also consider tradition. Yes. What is the best color for a Ducati?
0: Red. Oh, of course, it, red. It's not a question. Yep. Yeah. Not a question.
1: What is the best color for a Yamaha? Uh,
0: yellow. Well... Blue now.
1: Blue belongs to Suzuki. Yeah. Back so, off blue, Yamaha. <laughs> but, no but yellow no, Suzuki. But now. if we just take Ducati, <laughs> if it is not a red Ducati, sorry. Kelly. I mean, Yamahas oh, no, need to be funny.
4: Bumblebee. But what, yeah. 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 the
1: yellow yeah, yeah. and the black Ducatis, I don't care for. I, I do agree, and I've seen silver ones, but Ducati needs to be red. Yeah, I, I like the Ducati needs to be red. I like just the, the yellow Ducati,
0: and also as a fan of the Matrix Reloaded, black nine nine eight can't go wrong. I think the best color is white because what? that's um,
4: the worst. No, I I because like look at that scooter up there, four in the middle, four down. Um, with a white, you can put decals and all kinds of things. It makes it really pop well, and it doesn't show scratches and dings and all that as well. Mm. White is the perfect color.
0: I think white's just kind of classy. I mean,
4: think like the Husky mm. white that they have now on all the, all the Husky bikes. I love is that it,
0: color. Is it your KTM
1: white, Plaza? It is white. (laughs) White My triumph is my
4: triumph is white, and I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, John, I'm gonna actually. I think I'm gonna jump on board your white train, and here's why. You won me over with decals.
4: Exactly. So I mean, you're you're like your KTM with that's white with orange and black decals. It looks sweet.
1: So that is something I like because you no longer. Lucas is dying at this (laughs) one. Hold on, Lucas. Hear me out. You know, it used to be you'd go get your bike painted. B- bikes came in one color or with a stripe you, know, you get, but now you get them um, wrapped, vinyl wrapped or you get De- decal, decal sets kits, like yeah. I have. And I can change my decals out whenever I want yep. for yeah, you know, I buy a new decal set for a couple hundred bucks and it completely changes the whole bike. I, I kind of love that concept. If every bike came as white, and then you were able to buy decals.
4: Well, even that Africa Twin yeah. right there, which is a copy of yours, mm-hmm. it's, the base color is white.
1: Um, and But in, technically, I never really liked white bikes. I think that they're just bland and boring, or you think they're a cop.
0: Yeah, if it's all white. I, I think like a lot of bikes, um, I think like the Panigale 899s that they started coming out with a few years ago, they're not like white, they're like a candy white. It's kind of different, you know. It,
1: or, or like a pearl white, yeah. pearl. Uh, My it,
4: triumphs a pearl white.
1: Just pearl like white.
0: regular yeah. gloss white is. Oh, of course. Yeah. Pretty meh, but like a satin white. So does this mean
1: you're coming good. around on the white?
0: No, I like I like white. I think white's but you're like around, personally, oh. I like the satin paint jobs. I just know that they're like a pain in the ass to maintain and they don't look very good after a while. But they look really good, like showroom quality satin white.
1: Kelly, where are you standing on this? I've always been red.
2: I've always been a red person. I'm old school. Kawasaki GPZ, mm. 900 Ninja, red.
0: I heard uh, pinning it red adds like a few extra that's, horsepower. That, that's just, uh, <laughs>
2: red, red's just my personal favorite. And the Hondas are red too. They, yeah. they always look Even though red. my Ducati's not
0: red. Yeah. Honda should be red. I, I know they do like the red, white, and blue now. No, no, no. Well, well then the, you get the, the,
4: early the gas gases that are like way too much red. <laughs> it's like a red comet. <laughs>
1: You know, and I was going to say, like, you know, going back to the identity of bikes, like, orange is identity for yeah, KTMs. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah, 990 Harley. doesn't have any orange on it until I put the decals.
0: Exactly. On. Yeah. Oh, a lot of them had, like, powder coated orange frames that were white. And I thought those are really slick. Those are really cool.
1: And looking around, how many white bikes do you see here? Yeah, I was going to say, There's it's kind not of an many. uncommon color. For no, but bike. I see more silver yeah. bikes. Yeah.
2: Well, like John said I see it as a base but right. then they then they put their color livery over the base white.
1: Can we all just go in kind like of
2: like your GS80.
1: Go on the opposite side. Can we all agree that there should be no yellow bikes?
0: No. I oh. I, I I like <laughs> yellow bikes. I, I have
1: like, a I have a yellow bike and I don't like Giacati it. Yellow <laughs> Ducati Monster is cool. Look, no. look, I'm going to tell you. Unless it's true.
0: Yamaha Bumblebee. Well, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I prefer orange to yellow, but yellow kind of close.
1: Look, the Triumph yellow is okay. The Ducati yellow is okay. What broke me, even there's a BMW yellow. It's okay. It's what a, broke uh, me FC1 is the Harley Sportster in yellow is the one of the ugliest bikes I've okay. ever uh, seen. Harley and that's is... what broke me on yellow. I'm like, I'm done. No, I can't do yellow. You can't
0: let Harley ruin it for you.
1: They ruined it. They ruined <laughs> Yellow form.
0: you got to stand up to them and say, I'm not going to take this.
1: <laughs> well, and, and green is supposed to be lucky. It's supposed to be unlucky. It's supposed to be unlucky, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows that.
0: Unlucky? Yes, yeah. I did oh, not know that. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: But I, I do like the old um, Honda 404 in yellow.
1: Okay. Yellow I, or red. Okay, but... John, I'm jumping off the white train. Oh, no. And I'm jumping onto Lucas's black train. And here's why. I'm looking around the room and all of our toy bikes and seeing ones that are white base that have like colors. And I'm seeing ones that are black based with colors. And I'm going to say if somebody just wants a sleek black bike, they can do that. But if they want to add simple like silver stripes to it, you can do that. Or if you want to add more colors, I think do more things go, I guess more things go with white than black.
0: Well, I'd say. Well, both of them go with everything. Yeah. Black goes with everything. So, white goes with everything, you know. Um, but so, I, I get what you're saying. Cause like, if you have a black bike, it might not accentuate the, uh, the shape of the bike the way you want, but like you can put on, you know, whatever stickers you want and you get it out of your magazine <laughs> make see, it look like, like you the way you <laughs> want it to. Cause I think like black plus something else can make a pretty striking combination. I remember there were, um, there were, I think maybe Kawasaki's a while ago that they, they were black with gold accents and that always is a classy look you know it kind of reminds me like a japanese lacquer box you know the black and gold um see it's like my but the thing i'll go
4: back to white i like (coughs) the one thing i like about my tribe it's pearl white everything else is black so there's that contrast there that makes it look really cool oh engine's black and everything else is black
1: we got to take into account remember a lot of bikes have chrome (coughs) yeah on them so does chrome look better with white or with black
0: i'd say chrome and black looks better
1: yeah, like I'm looking at that Triumph Scrambler, the James Bond edition, black with some yeah, that like looks aluminum, cool. and then just some silver. Black is sleek, so I, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of getting on to the black train, knowing that you can get decals, and I think everything goes in black. Can can we all can we all agree that if there's just going to be one color of bike going forward, that it should be black. White.
3: Oh, red <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if i can comfortably say like
0: let, let's say you know the aliens come down and they take over the planet and they're like you can only have one color motorcycle and that color is black i don't know if i'd be okay with that if if they could only make co- motorcycles in one color i'd probably say blue See, look at that look at, is, that no, it changes is that a klr
4: over there it's like the second from the from the right I think it's KLR. I can't see directly from here, uh, but it's white
1: with, oh, with, with the blue trim. with the blue and the pink. That yeah. thing's sweet. The nineties, the 90s yeah, 90s. sweet. The 90s, I got to yeah. admit,
0: white plus any color looks really good. Like the
4: Jixers that are that are blue and white.
0: I I think that's yeah. an awesome combination. I like the Kawasaki's that are green and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you also have some bikes that are like red and white, yellow and white.
1: Okay, I'm going back to the white. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I think white plus anything, the white is like the nobility.
1: I think white white is a better base.
0: I agree. And then you have like another color and that sets like the accent. But like, honestly, if you have uh, like a pearl white with any color, it looks good. Okay, I'm
1: I'm locking in my answer. (laughs) I'm staying with white because I'm also going to go back to the visibility. Yeah. And if you're just going to have a plane bike, it's better to be white than black and then white you can put colors on yeah so and i think we
4: agree most people you don't want just a plain white bike you want white with, with an yeah. accent with something yeah, with some yeah that's
0: that's why like honda's like white with red and blue you know fixers yeah. are white with red or white with blue you know um it's white just looks good with any color you can yeah, pick literally any color with white and it looks pretty good like
4: that gs right there same thing white and blue it looks great
1: yeah so I mean, can we also agree that all wheels should be gold no, no. God no. damn it! All right. Well, I'm gonna save. I love that some debate. gold wheels. Gixxer. I'm gonna yeah. save that. I love debate. gold wheels, but not Gixxer's all
0: Blue wheels are great. Oh yes. The only color yes. your wheels should not be is white because they will get filthy in about five minutes, <laughs> and they will be gray by the time you're done riding. I had a bike with white wheels. Terrible idea.
1: All right. Well, let us know what you think is the right color for a bike. Um, I mean, I definitely do think that there's. uh, Yeah, yeah, I think yellows should disappear. Before we put this to bed, how does everyone feel about gray? Well, isn't
0: that silver? No, silver is silver and gray is gray. Gray is like... Graphite, like pencil, you know, gray is like I, a cloudy sky. You know, uh, yeah. it's I not. Gray, it's not reflective. It's yeah, not shiny, shiny. It's very subdued.
4: I had a gray R9T, and it was pretty sharp looking. I, with I a think, high gloss. Paint. Oh, so yeah.
1: now that I left and locked in white, you guys are all coming over no, to gray. No, no, to no gray I'm still white. Himself. But I'd I like, like yes,
0: yeah. white and gray is cool. Black and gray is cool. I think gray is cool because it's just like you know. um, so I know someone, he used to be a fashion designer. He was talking about, like, color palettes and how over time they kind of – people want brighter or more subdued color palettes. And I think gray is kind of just like – and sometimes gray can be boring, but in other times gray can really be a statement. Like, you're just rejecting the idea of having this stand out. It's not like black, like, oh, I'm a badass and it's black, you know. But it's it's not white. It's like, oh, it's supposed to be cool and shiny. It's just gray. It's neither. It's like, yeah, I ride a gray motorcycle. You you will never figure me out. Like a
1: gunmetal gray? (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and Ducati has some pretty great looking gray motorcycles.
1: Mm, I'm not going to jump on the gunmetal gray. If everyone went silver, I'd go back to silver as a base. Because I think silver by itself is the better looking, as opposed to all black or all white. I think all silver. I
0: wouldn't call gray attractive. I think maybe, you know, if you're someone like me, you could look at gray and just be like, that looks kind of cool in the right light at the right time, you know?
1: All right, well, email us and let us know what you think is the right color for bike. Uh, because right now, we have uh, someone who needs some help from us. Now, Emma isn't here. So, we got to see if we can handle this one on our own. <clears throat> All right, so this is from Tom, who says, please help. Hi, Tom. Says, hello, everyone at Motorcycles and Misfits. Could you please help me figure out how to fix my bike? The bike is a Mutt Mongrel 125 Chinese, 125cc Chinese one twenty five Chinese Scrambler fuel-injected. Hmm. All right, so we, we're not even sure. So it's a just a Chinese... It's fling poo. It's a fling poo. A tooth, it's, yeah. a fling yeah. poo. Yeah. it's a 2018 <laughs> fling poo. The bike will start fine and idle okay. Sometimes it bogs down if I rev it in neutral. When I put it into gear, though, it starts to run really rough at idle and cuts out altogether if I try to rev it. My initial thought is the side stand switch, but this has been removed and the wires bridged. I have replaced numerous parts, but still no luck. The parts replaced are the ECU, the TPS, air sensor, lambda sensor, coil pack, spark plug, injectors, and the engine temp sensor. Only thing I haven't replaced is the engine and wiring loom. Did, did he
4: do the throttle body? Did it say that?
1: He didn't say, well, the TPS. The TPS. Okay. The TPS. Position sensor. Yeah. So again, the it idles fine until you put it into gear. Or um, also he says that it um, when you rev it, it will start to bog.
4: I would so. say. So what Emma always says, it's one of, you need three things. You need electricity, you need spark, you need gas, fuel, and you need air. So it's got to be one of those three things. Sounds yeah. like he did everything for the gas system. So no, my guess,
3: no,
1: no, no.
4: Oh, he didn't. I disagree. He did it for the spark, so he it did, could be a f- coil. He did it he for did. the electrical. Oh, so it could be a fuel pump. Yeah. Um, and it could be.
1: I doubt it has a fuel pump. It has, if to. Injected, no, if it has, it has to. If it's injected, it has
2: to. If it's injected, yeah. it's got some type of fuel
4: pump. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or it's a coil. They replaced the coil. Oh, replaced the and coil. spark plug and the injectors. But is it? I think you got. You, I think it may be fuel supply.
4: Is there a CPU on that bike uh,
1: that they, they replaced
4: that
2: also?
1: E- ECM,
2: ECU, yeah, the engine control module. Yeah. Right.
1: Now, ooh.
0: when he says he puts it into gear and it bogs down, I'm assuming that means the gear is engaged, right?
1: Okay, hold on. Do you think there's any chance it's the same problem that my amigo had?
4: Which was remind us.
1: So the amigo, you could ride it for.
4: The,
2: About
1: the, ten minutes, and then it would just uh, run like act like it ran out of gas.
4: Fuel pump
2: solenoids overheating. Nope. 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 Hers was the or like a vapor lock. We the, discovered
1: that oh, there were no lo- vents in the, the, the gas cap.
4: <laughs> the, the
2: tank wasn't <laughs> venting, so it would.
1: And Emma vacuum. drilled a hole in it, and now it works. But it fine. sounds like he
4: starts it up, puts it in gear, so it probably wouldn't be running long enough for the vapor lock yeah. to happen.
0: Yeah. And, well, when he says he puts it in gear, like if you pull in the clutch, but it's in gear, does it still the, run like crap? Like, when I put clutch? it
1: in a gear, it starts to run really rough ah. and at idle and cuts out altogether if I rev it.
0: That I mean, that sounds to me just like a I fueling issue. want to say red on that
1: one. I think it's got to be fuel supply. So can you hook up a alternative fuel supply? You
5: got to have a pump. Well, hey, yeah.
1: look, there's there may be a reason why the... The Royal Enfield said replace the fuel pipe (laughs) at (laughs) 10,000 kilometers. Um, So, yeah, can I mean, well, I, all right, bottom line is you have to find the fuel pump. I don't know on this bike if it's in the tank. Sometimes they're in the tank. You need to find the fuel pump and make sure that it's pumping. And in fact, you might, Fine usually they'll give you like some sort of test like you have to get test like the psi on it or something.
0: Yeah. But
4: yeah. it's interesting that it runs okay before you put it in gear. That tells me that the fuel pump's
0: working. Well, so the question well, what is what what would change when you put when it in he, gear? When he puts it in gear does that mean he's like driving it or what? He's like you're literally sitting on it, you're holding the clutch in and right. then you just put it into first yeah. gear and then, then it box. runs like crap. Like that would be and that, way And That's stranger. usually
2: something that has like your
3: side stand be... lockout switch. Yeah, that would be
2: more of electrical issue. He said problem. he said he's deleted it. Yeah. Because that's the thing that would, between the two,
4: putting I think it I would here, hook it back if It's not sensing; yeah. if it's not properly sensing that. I would hook it back up to see if it worked better with the without the deletion of the of the switch. Yeah, and just eliminate that as a problem.
1: So here's something else to consider. So, on fuel injection, they have a kind of a loop system for the fuel. So yeah, if you're not so like using a, a regulator, yes, pressure regulator, yes, so that you're not feeding it too much fuel when it's not requesting it, right? So is it possible that the regulator is But if working? all he's doing is pulling in the clutch. Right? Yeah. So when you're re- needing more, it's not able to give it or it's limiting it too much. Or that maybe there's, you know, you might even find that somebody's like, I don't know what this hose is. They may have th- thought it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it may be the I return. So maybe it is flooding the bike because it's just pumping in when it's not all being used.
0: Yeah, pull it apart and smell it when you're
1: nuts. <laughs> no, I I,
4: yeah. I would agree if if it didn't bog, if it was if it wasn't running good at yeah. item. I, yeah, I think yeah. we need a little more info. Yeah.
0: Like when he says when you put it in, does that mean you are literally just engaging the gear? Right. Or are you oh, trying to drive it? Are you trying? Because yes. if you're getting on the yep. throttle at all yep. and it's going yep. blah, 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 that that sounds like exactly. a fuel pump issue for yep. sure. Exactly. Yes,
1: but even if you put it into gear and have the clutch in, yeah. And the brake on. If there's any drag at all on the engine, that may, um, that yeah, may if affect. The cl-
2: if the clutch isn't completely disengaged, if the cl- like if clutch it's, is oh, not yeah. completely. That could also be. you
0: too. Maybe it's not completely disengaging. I bet. I bet so it, something wrong so with it's
4: that a, switch so because it's putting a drag or load yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that switch, if you, you know, like an our bikes. Yeah, if you pull, if you pull the clutch in and put it in gear, if that switch is engaged, yeah. If, if it kicks it'll it'll down, die. it still does. So I, I yeah. bet that's. I, I think that
0: might be one. Well, of Well, then why wouldn't it just not run at all? Then that's the question.
1: So uh, first thing yeah, is crap. you need to confirm <laughs> your turn it yeah. off off. Your yeah, fuel yeah. supply yeah. is working. I don't know how you look up how to test that, but I mean on my old GPZ I would just like crank the bike and
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: mm. fuel you know fuel would come flying out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Turn it <laughs> on and see yeah, if yeah. it starts
3: shooting <laughs> <laughs> and
1: aim it somewhere you don't. <laughs> care. But that was carb,
4: wasn't it? Your GPZ?
1: No. Oh, it wasn't the eleven
0: hundred? Eleven hundred was fuel injected. Fuel oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it should. It's. It's pretty sure it still works on fuel injected when you say I'm turning the throttle it says oh this is how much fuel needs to go in it right So it's usually a base psi yeah. for the injectors to function oh,
2: properly that, that So it first you need to just maintain
1: visually see if the if the, if the fuel is flowing right yeah. And then second you're thinking that there may be a clutch switch involved
4: Perhaps if, if for it, some reason yeah. you're
2: putting it into gear you know and it then it shuts off your neutral light and that also tells ECU you're in gear right. that's combined with your side stand yep. switch.
1: So I'm going to say also uh, a common test that you do with carburetors, carbureted bikes. As soon as it cuts off, pull the spark plug out and see if it is wet. Let's see if the plug is getting wet for some reason. Maybe it's pumping too yeah. much fuel through. Yeah. Right? Is there any coming out of the exhaust?
3: I think we so need more info. If it's, if yeah.
1: it's a regulator. Yeah. So I, I would focus on fuel.
0: It, it's. I think it depends. Like If you are literally just engaging into gear and it starts running bad, you don't even touch the throttle. That definitely sounds like an electrical issue. Exactly. All right. And I think if you're getting on that throttle and it just goes... Ah, 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 then it's a fuel problem. It is yep. definitely either a fuel or an aspiration problem. I agree with that.
1: And yeah, since the injectors were replaced, it's not that yeah. something's clogged. And yeah. some stuff
2: like they said they replaced the TPS, throttle position sensor. But I don't know, and some doing a deep dive on the the Ducati outside, if you can't just replace it, then you've gotta plug it in and through software recalibrate that for the computer. The throttle position sensor. It's not yeah. it's not just a replacement. Item, yeah. pull it, pull a new one in, yeah, plug but it in. Yeah, remember, this, this is a calibr- fling poo. Yeah, I know. What?
0: What exactly? Yeah.
1: What kind of bike is this again?
0: Like, I'm a little lost here.
1: What is a fling poo?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a just it's a, a random Chinese, Chinese bike. Random yeah. Chinese bike, but it's fuel injected. Like James oh, had yes. one for a minute. Yeah. No, he had the um, the Chongqing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. the Chongqing it's, from it's, Chongqing. So. But, yeah, it, exactly. but, but it goes <laughs> in the fling
2: poo category. Okay, that's a generalization.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's like if it's fuel injected, I mean, if it was carbureted, I'd say fuel 100. percent But. You know, it's a little more complicated. This is an EFI bike. You know,
1: well, I you can but you can visually well, inspect it, to see if it is pumping. It, so it sounds like
0: he replaced most of the parts that would have caused the failure so far. So there's there's obviously something
1: well again being overlooked. If it's pumping, you're getting fuel. If yeah. the spark plug is wet, you're getting too much fuel. Yeah, yeah. So go with that, um, John. What you got? Yeah. So, oh, but but then do follow up with us. We'd like to hear yeah some more and then and, and try, help you figure it out.
4: All right, this is from Guillermo. Uh, hey, Guillermo. The Guillermo oh, went with us to yeah. Mojave, with yeah. Jim and I and Scotty, uh, a couple weeks ago. So, hey, Misfits, Guillermo here with an update on the 300L.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so they he broke, broke down. They broke Guillermo. We, we broke him. He's a listener who showed up <laughs> and joined them. And God bless. Man, they broke him. This
4: dude, man, shows up, didn't know any of us, never really rode like in the Mojave at all. So I give him a lot of credit even for just coming. But okay, here we go. As you know from the Mojave Ride Report, I had to leave the trip early because my bike had some problems with the headlight and the radiator fan. Yeah. So I wanted to let you guys know what happened so that if it happens to someone else, they can fix it in the field. So what happened was that on the first day out riding, I also went down and find silt on the way back to camp on the lake bed. And that silt got into the start switch and the loss of electrical connection in the switch from the silt caused the electrical system or slash ECU to go haywire. That's weird. Yeah, yeah some I've compressed air and some silicone spray, and those switches fixed it right up. The three hundred L is much uh, is way more capable than I am, especially after putting a rally raid suspension kit on it. I got I got some heat stroke on the first day because I had taken the reservoir out of my hydration pack at home and didn't check to make sure it was in there. And in my rush to get out, I didn't drink enough water, which is yes. <laughs> all in all, the trip gave me some good uh, good goals to shoot with for uh, while my riding and my fitness level, but it's very exciting to see what kind of progress I can make in the future. I'm hooked. Thanks again for an amazing trip with some great folks. He did he did such a good job, and uh, that's interesting. I'd never heard that before, so that's yeah, uh, that's either. a really good tip for somebody who's out in a, in the a desert like that.
1: I have another idea for Tom and the Fling Poo. It reminded me of a problem I had on my uh, 990, my Super Duke, in fact. I was having a problem with, like, the ABS went out, the odometer, speedometer, everything went out. So I bought a new unit, a speedometer unit, and that didn't fix it either. Because the problem was in the connector that went into the back of it and a loose wire in the back of the connector. Could be. I'm wondering, since he's replaced all the components. Oh, Could it be something as simple as a loose wire in one of these connectors? connectors yeah, yeah. He's
2: got the multi-connector, but one of those pins could be backed
4: off a little bit. So he needs to do some work with a multimeter. He needs
1: to do some yeah. wire jiggling. <laughs> Pull it yeah. apart. Yeah. Jiggling, jiggling. Wire jiggling yeah. while it's running.
4: The frustrating thing is sometimes... those components. Sometimes we get by something, it's still not... Like, for example, I had an issue with the Bergman. So I bought a new battery, and the new battery, which was a UASA, ended up bad too. And it's like I—you I, wonder what the quality on some of the yeah. parts are.
0: Well, that sucks. You buy something brand new, and it, you feel crazy. You're yeah, like, exactly. no, it's brand new. Yeah, like, exactly. there's no way that can yeah. happen. And then you're just like, you're pulling your hair out, and you're like, oh, I don't understand. You know, you have to stop thinking rationally. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I got time for one more email. All right. And this one is short and long all at the same time. Hmm. So this one is a ride report. The Moto Chronicles uh, says, Listen up, you scallywags. Fresh (laughs) ride report upon request. Love from Tom and Charlie at 1800 Customs. And what they did is they sent us an audio ride report. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to put that in right right at the end here. And uh, you get to listen to their ride report. But I wanted to say... Thank you, Tom and Charlie, for yeah, sending thanks for taking it in. the
4: effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no,
1: they, they they're they're pretty funny. We I love rider reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check out Tom and Charlie at eighteen hundred customs. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will play that um, uh, on our outro. But uh, other than that, I wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening and for um, making it this far. But also. Thank you to Kelly and Lucas for joining us. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even say bagels on the road. Emma's not feeling well. Jim is bedraggled. They just got back. <laughs> Literally just got back. Yeah, exactly. But it's always nice that we have s- stunt misfits to, to jump in. John, you started out as a stunt misfit. I
4: was. It was I still am sometimes.
1: Nice. Well, and as I told you, Lucas, y- you are always a misfit, and you're always welcome an OG. to come here. <laughs> <OG. of> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. For better, or you, for worse, right? Definitely, mm. you are.
0: Mm, maybe worse.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, time to wrap up. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you to Patreon, and um, keep the emails coming. Motorcycles and Misfits at Gmail uh, let us know if you have any ideas for our gear. Give us your ride reports.
4: Tell us what you think about Nike, that lies as Nike, <laughs> Mike, Nike and
1: off-roading. Is idea, And what is the right color for a It
2: just cycle? sounds painful a Nike and off road. It, it,
1: it does. sounds like a painful experiment. It, it, it but sounds
0: like a transcendental experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's, still,
1: it's, you know,
4: it's either going to be yeah. really great yeah. or really, really bad. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree.
0: <laughs> I t- it's either going to be the yeah. best thing since sliced yeah. bread or you are going to regret every decision you made. That point. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, oh, and one last thing. Um, I'm down to three extra large t-shirts left. So they're still on sale at motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Go to the shop. And um, again, if you are out of the country, I can ship it just about anywhere for 20 bucks. Don't use that store. Just send PayPal, 35 bucks, to me at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. And uh, with your address, I'll send it out. Or if you're in the States, go ahead and just go through the store. 15 bucks, get a t shirt sent to you, and I throw in a sticker for free.
0: Oh, you're going to put that in your bike?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see so uh, on that note time to get out of here thanks for listening everyone this is liza
4: stubby john lucas kelly
1: and we are out of here
6: so this is the ride report for miss emma of the motorcycles and misfits podcast well all of them really well all of them but we've we've responded to your uh cry for the ride reports
5: and I don't think you've had any yet, so we thought we'd record one ourselves.
6: And, to toast to yourself, we've called ourselves a gin and tonic.
5: Gin Tons from Miss Emma. Hmm. <laughs> Bombay Sapphire. Oh, it's very nice. It is good. So yeah, this is a ride report um, about a trip Tom and I did. I'm Charlie, by the way. And I'm Tom. And um, we, so basically I'm a member of a club over here in the UK, and one of their things to do is our long distance trials where it's a long route off-road on green lanes or byways with trial sections interspersed in that. And it's like a competition, but this particular route was made by the club during COVID so that people could literally log on to Google maps at home and do a bit of a quiz asking about stuff, but we saved the route to do, and we have done it previously but that is another story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this day we decided to go and we'd planned it for a little while.
6: Yeah. but The date had been set for, I think, a month or two, at least in advance.
5: And then, well, the day came. Yeah. So this is the ride report from our... So firstly... Um, trip.
6: <laughs> yeah. So we're going on green lanes. So we've gone with a couple of lightweight machines. What were the bikes of choice at the beginning of the day?
5: Right, the bikes of choice before the trip yeah.
6: were uh, my XL125 old Honda 1985.
5: And then my 78 Honda XL250S.
6: So, yeah, jack bike uh, fans, and especially those are Hondas. So, <clears throat> the XL125 of mine hadn't been running so great as of recently. Um, so, I <laughs> thought the day before, I was like, right, I'm going to get it out, give it a full overhaul. It's so like get the carb off, make sure that's clean, like give everything a quick once over, quick spanner check, take it for a test ride. Happy days. And it was happy days. Took it for a road <laughs> for a road test. Had it running. Like it wasn't idling great, but I was like, we can deal with that. I've had worse. So anyway, set off in the morning. We were both keen to leave early doors, because I mean, what's the route? It's like hundred miles? Yeah, it's a hundred miles, but I think it was actually longer than me. I think it was about <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, because it was a hundred miles from the start of the route, and I think it's about twenty miles to the start of the route from your house. Yeah, so it's about one hundred and forty miles. It's a long day. Told. Anyway, <clears throat> so we wanted an early start, so I get kitted up, and it was actually the coldest day we've had in a while, like in the morning after like a heat wave. Pretty cold, and um, I was right, making my way from mine to Charlie's, which is about a twenty-mile ride, so nothing too strenuous. And I was about two miles out, and I pulled onto Dean Street, and I was cruising down, and then suddenly the bike just died, just absolutely flat died. <laughs> and I couldn't think of what the hell
5: was going on. Like, Meanwhile, I was at home thinking, Tomo's never late. Yeah.
6: What's going on? <laughs> and because um, it was so cold, and I was in a bit of a rush, I didn't get my phone out to let Charlie know. I was just like, I'm going to get this fixed double quick. So um i was just checking everything like checking the fuel supply check the spark i bought a spare spark plug with me there was a problem with the sparks so i was like right change the plug out that still didn't work couldn't get it started anyway spent about 10-15 minutes trying to get it going and to no avail luckily i was on the downward side of a slope so no pushing of the bike because we've all been there and that's no fun <clears throat> gave charlie the call and awaited recovery so yeah i was at home
5: <laughs> like, where's tomo what's he doing we're going to be late because I've got the wife at home. Get home. Don't be out too long. Anyway, so I picked him up in the truck <laughs> and then in the truck, we were trying to make a plan to make sure that that day didn't turn into another just like failed attempt. Yeah. Failed attempt and day at home working on the bikes, which is fun, but we wanted to we go riding plan the green lane day. Yeah. So anyway, we got back and basically just decided the XL was done for the day, but in the shed, I've got the trusty steed backing us up, the Honda C90 Cub, as we call it, but I think you guys call it a passport. But is that the same? as They
3: call them that? I think
5: it's a passport in America. But anyway, yeah, the yeah, Honda Cub C90, yeah. So and uh, yeah, we pulled her out, and she was ready to go. So ready with the knobbly tires on, fresh yes. from the Malay Mile. Yes, yeah. and the uh, trialsy style nobbles, which were good. I love those tires. But um, <clears> so <throat> I was going to ride that. Owen is going to ride the XL250 with the road book attached yep. for his first outing. So that was another point, actually. So we've got a, a road book, which Charlie explained, he got
6: from the Motorcycle Club, which was, I think, six pages, was it? Six, yeah, but six sides. Six double sides, so 12 sides of A4 with, with road book instructions on. And it was my first time navigating, so that was quite cool. Um, we went with the real technical roadbook assembly, which was duct tape on the handlebar brace of the 250. And some poly pockets And a poly pocket <laughs> flapping around in the wind. So <laughs> one hand holding the paper while it was flapping, the other on the throttle. And, uh, yeah, having to rotate the sheet every uh, every so often, every whatever long it was. But, yeah, <laughs> it was very professional. Very professional.
5: But, yeah, so we were ready, basically. We mm. managed to get out. I think we left at half nine in the end. I think we planned Mm. to leave at eight. Yeah. And it was like half nine.
6: It's not too bad, to be fair. hour and a half delay given a bike cut out recovery. Bike
5: swap. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. A little bit late. But anyway, it was good. I think we had some breakfast as well. Yeah, we did, actually. Do we have hash browns? Uh, No, we had eggs on crumpets. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It was good. Anyway, we diverse. (laughs) So uh, we um, set off on the way. Tom on the XL, me on the Cub. And I was like, I need to get some fuel before we carry on. Um, we oh, yeah, fresh made it, fuel
6: for the, fu- for the full day.
5: Yes. Made it around this uh, excellent one-way system we have here in Maidstone in the UK over the river. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and the car started spluttering and spurting <laughs> and making funny noises and losing power, which was really, really weird. Really abnormal for that bike. Because it normally just starts up, goes... No questions asked, and it will go all day. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. So we had a good look around the bike, pulled over, nothing happening. Did it again. Still going weird. Got up on the
6: centre stand, had it running, revving the piss out of it. Like, it was absolutely fine. It was
5: just weird. It was weird. So every time I got on it, it just would stop. Anyway, Tom needed a bit of air and the tires on the XL, and he needed the fuel. <laughs> what was the PSI when I put it on the compressor? Wasn't it zero? It was
6: one, I think. <laughs> How I managed to ride it across town, I've got no idea.
5: <laughs> one PSI in the rear. but um, So, yeah, basically, I don't know. I just kind of filled her up, and I was just...
6: You were determined to make it work, I think. I was just well. riding
5: around in circles, revving the nuts out of it, yeah. and just trying to get it to go. and. By the time the air was in the tires, more fuel had been added to the XL. Two chocolate bars from the service station. Two chocolate bars, yeah. and basically, it just started working again. So we we're fine. Yeah. We we're finally on the way, and we were still, like you said, twenty miles away from the start.
6: I know. So we had a, a fair ride on an A road out um, to the start of the of where the road book picks up the instructions, which is where the byway starts, so the off road sections. Mm-hmm. So it was a like strong mix of. Off-road, like going through farmers' fields on old really old roads that aren't surfaced, mm. single track, um and actual surfaced roads, but like really narrow single track country lanes sort of thing. So it's a really good mix of on and off-road. Um and yeah, we just kind of set set to. It was it had been wet the past few days. Um, but it was a glorious day, wasn't it? It was literally oh, so per- nice. literally perfect, like sunshine, like gorgeous views. Um, across Kent and um yeah it was all going like really really nicely and we were going across this big open dewy field dewy field of lawn <laughs> it was just it was just really grassy and I think <laughs> uh, rutty yeah yeah very rutty like lots of different ruts to get potentially stuck in and I think we were both just having a really good time and I was in third gear holding it open on the two fifty. <laughs> and got cross rutted and before I knew it I was just on the ground and facing the other way (laughs) and it was totally hilarious I thankfully I was fine but like the bike was not and we were not anywhere near to home and I was like oh what have I done broken lever yeah totally haggard Gear selector gear selector and <laughs> dodgy foot peg, yeah, the gear selector was like bent up into the crankcase cover, so it was basically just like on it, luckily hadn't penetrated yeah and the clutch lever had just totally snapped, it was flapping around all over the place, but before we had set off and we were getting the bikes out of the shed, <laughs> I made the good point of having the check over of what we were bringing with us, most importantly, like water and first aid kit, all the sensible bits. And tea. And wow. a flask of tea. But we did spot some spare levers
5: in the shed, and I was like, maybe we should bring those. Yeah, and because I'd literally changed the levers two days before. Yeah, after the mallet. Yeah. yeah, so we had a spare. And luckily, we could fix it, bend the gear shift a little bit. Just, like, pried it off the crankcase with a spanner. And then we are back it on was, the way. Yeah, still in a really dodgy <laughs>
6: position, but... <laughs> Oh, it was excellent, though. We had yeah, trees down across the
5: tracks. Didn't yeah. actually encounter any other motorcyclists, though. So. No, which is weird, because it was a Saturday. Yeah. That? The, yeah, so it was really quiet. Yeah. Actually, I remember the date now. It was the 31st, because the day after... Oh, the day after, the lane shut. The lane shut. Yeah. But um, So, I mean, that's it. it's not over yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing about the Cub, and it links into the previous story about the MOT, which we've been talking about on our own podcast. And um, basically, the Cub seems to be using a lot of fuel. Oh, yeah. So we got to a point on the ride and we were just like, I, s- I said to Tom, I'm going to have to go and find some fuel. So mm-hmm. we had to get the phones out, ditch the road book and find the nearest petrol station. So we buzzed off a good like 10 minutes the other way. I've just remembered what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> buzzed off like 10 minutes the other way. And found a petrol station, filled her up, filled up the XL as well because we're there. And then I was just like, my front end feels really sketchy. What's going on? <laughs> a bit wavy. So I pulled over to the side quickly before we actually left the forecourt and then touched the rear, the front axle, sorry, and the front nut was just finger loose. I could <laughs> just, just spin it
6: off. It spinning off. around like a propeller. Because
5: <laughs> just... the car had been so shaken. Yeah on the green lanes, but we did it up, carried on. That was good. I also said that
6: at the beginning of the day, like make sure we brought all the spanners for the various wheel nuts. Ooh.
5: <laughs> and I said, don't worry. Yeah, you're like,
6: oh, don't worry, we won't need those. And I was like, glad I bought the extra spanners.
5: <laughs> so we carried on in the day and I kept going, checking off the boxes on the road book. Mm. Um, and then the cub again started making some funny noises I thought, what's going on now? And it's just like, dang, 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 dang. <laughs> um, turns out it was the chain. So and it, the, it was so loose. I don't know how it stayed on. I did not know how it stayed on. But it the was loosest chain I've ever seen, loosey goosey. So, um, another couple of adjustments on that. Yeah. Chain up, tightened, ready to go. No lube because we didn't have any. Yeah, no, not that prepared. <laughs> basically, we just kept banging out these miles of just excellent day. That like, was so much fun. The I think the biggest takeaway
6: is get out and ride, especially on the off-road bits. Mm. Make sure you take an old Honda. Yeah, <laughs> or just ride any bike, just any bike. But if you're gonna gonna go for an old bike, make sure it's a Honda. Yeah, <laughs> that's biased. We're fans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just take advantage of what you can on those um, available highways and off-road highways i guess yeah i think the byways are just so good the green lanes are just it feels so naughty it feels like you shouldn't be doing it but
5: you are but you are and it's totally legal and it's excellent it's really good fun yeah. i mean the places we were going like the views right down towards the coast yeah little lunch stop at the top of this mad hill oh on that military base like yeah. with the coastal views like yeah it was really good so basically if you're about in the uk and want to go green let us know let us know so liza next time we're in the uk oh yeah oh she can't but I've got oh yeah a story of that yeah because of your bloody licensed park is speeding fine pay your fucking fine otherwise you won't be able to come back
6: yeah um but yeah well i'm gonna go into that into the podcast but basically we're charlie and tom from the 1800 customs moto chronicles podcast
5: yeah look us up. Um, If you want, we'll do plenty more ride reports. Yeah,
6: plenty of ride reports. If you don't want to play the near-on 15 minutes that we've just done, feel free to summarise. But (laughs) it's in our podcast, so cheers. Bye.
2: Cool. Cool, Cool, cool.